Hey, everybody, this is Perch. I'm here. I, I, we're, Joe and I are greeting back Pat, uh, Pat Shand. How are you doing, Pat? I'm well. I'm well. How are you guys? I'm doing, doing great. Right. Doing all right. Joe Beautiful. had something to drink in his hand a second ago. I did. It's uh, just some more bourbon. Why not? I spiked my coffee earlier, but like, perfect. Got to keep the ride going. Friday. That's that's what it's all about. Um, it's uh, it's been a long week, uh, Pat. We, we interviewed you a bit ago, and it was just yeah. such a fun time. I'm I'm really glad you came back and are chatting with us again today. Yeah, it was cool, and I didn't get fucking uh, railed too hard by the comments too. You know, it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's it's always nice. that's nice. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, <laughs> uh, up, yes. Um, oh, yes, man. and, and he's, he he came back. We, we, that's going to yeah. be up soon, and uh, those comments are, those comments are going to be uh, probably even worse. And maybe they'll come at uh, you know all of us for having him again. It's going to be a good time. Wait, who was that? No, we had that. We have Jim's up back again soon. Oh, yeah. so, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good session. We have, I think, Kari Andrews uh, came back. We that one will yeah. go up tomorrow. We have Eric Luke in a couple days that will go up, and yeah. Oh, good. Like an idiot. I just didn't edit the right things. Uh, like, you know, even though the video like says at one point, let's cut this part out because I, you know, that's that's yeah. always a, it's a class operation that we do here. Um, it is. It is. But no, but but Eric looks uh, amazing. Uh, that, that was a really fun one. Um, oh, yeah. You know, worked on gargoyles. Come on. Who doesn't love gargoyles? Exactly. Oh, it's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so Pat, we we well, let me do this here real quick. I you know uh, Joe here is drinking uh, some bourbon here. I'm I'm drinking. I, I've got vodka and soda, which is a weird thing. Are you drinking anything tonight? Are you just? You know, I'm tempted to do um a uh, White Claw Gabe bit. You know, um, yeah. have you guys seen uh, that guy White Claw Gabe? I don't think I have. No, um, it sounds like that. Oh, yeah, he's trending on uh, on TikTok for all these videos he makes, and, and, and he's like, "It's fine, baby, fuck yeah," you know. But um, and he's always drinking a white claw. But I am actually not drinking. I'm drinking Poland Spring. Oh, nice. okay. yeah. you're the designated yeah. driver tonight. That's yeah. what it means to be from Maine. Yo, did you guys know that there's no um in California they don't have Poland Spring? Yeah. Okay. It's, I did. I it's did. Messed up. It's messed up. I went there. I was looking for my water of choice. They have something called like deer something. Not for me, dude. I'm, oh, yeah, deer water. I think it's just called yeah. like deer water. Like, I, yeah. I, I stick to my brands very, very hard. And Poland Spring is the brand that I choose to destroy the environment. And I'm sticking with it, dude. Perfect. Good. That yes. is good. I, I yes. only went to California once in my life, and it rained all five days I was there. That, that's uncommon, huh? I, it, it is. I'm like, of course, this is what happens when when <laughs> I come there. But uh, but it was great because I got to go bar hopping with uh, Cena Grace and uh, there was uh, weed poppers and the Golden Girls involved. So, hey. Hey, Cena is super cool. That That's someone yes. in comics who, you know, I've always felt uh, very warmly greeted by. And, and mm -hmm. also one thing about Cena, um, Cena is the only person I've ever worked with in comics mm -hmm. who has given me the original art for the piece I hired him to draw for free. I just yeah. showed up. It was FlameCon, and he said, come to my booth when you get a chance, and I did. And he just handed me these two pieces of art that he put together to make a uh, Destiny New York print. And, and, and I couldn't believe it. It was a very nice gesture. That's that awesome. Good. Yeah. And uh, and Destiny New York's coming out currently through Black Mask. Yeah, we got that happening monthly. Um, Destiny New York uh, comes out the next issue Oh, you, you know what's so funny? I was on the phone with Matt yesterday, and yeah. I did this gesture to symbolize phone. If you guys didn't know what phone means anymore, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and uh texting with voice yeah 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 i uh i asked matt if we had a date for the next issue and he said yes and i forgot to ask when you know he probably should have packed the when into the yes but he just said yes so i don't know when it comes out but we are doing monthly so we should expect issue number four at some time this month that's great i think it's next week hey that'll be dope that would be yeah. very nice. Yeah. I think we're about to see. Oh, this is awesome. We, we, we can break some news about a release to the creator. There we go. Yeah. We have um, a single issues coming out from Black Mask. And then yeah. I have the uh, Kickstarter for Volume 5, which continues the graphic novels uh, launching Ooh. on Tuesday. So um, for, nice. for those who don't follow, the, the single issues are serializing and reprinting what we already did with the graphic novels. So r- right now it's doing the first arc. And then as that goes on, my company, Space Between, is going to continue putting out the trades, which are coming out through Kickstarter. And that arc is going to be volume five starting on Tuesday at uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern. So you guys, everyone watching, be there. Support yeah. me. It's um, it's going to be a, a version of the comic that won't be in stores, you know, di- different cover, exclusive yeah. versions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Very nice. Yeah, I, we want to hear. I, so I, I have some pictures up there, but I'd love to hear more about the premise of the book for people who haven't heard it and all the rest. I did want to throw out uh, two things. Uh, first of all, people are, are rightfully mocking me for having vodka. You're right. I hate vodka, and I, uh, I I have this obsession of getting rid of the bottles in my cabinet. So it's it's I'm literally drinking it to get rid of it, which is a terrible plan. I know, but that's what I'm doing. I mean, I have some nostalgia for vodka just because as a kid, that's like the go-to get drunk as a kid beverage, you know? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, the, it is. And it's, uh, yeah. it, it, that's, I, I don't know. I, I, I moved on to whiskey. I, I just, I'm in the next step death. That's the plan for me. So I mean, yeah. Yeah. whiskey as an adult tastes great, but as a kid, you still have the constitution for it, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, for sure. But, yeah. dude, I remember I would go into my parents' cabinet and just slowly chip away at what was in there, you know, put a little water in there. Now it's fully Poland Spring, just to bring it back, you know. Their yeah. uh, vodka is fully Poland Spring. But, yeah, I um I enjoyed vodka as a kid for sure. Nice. Vodka's also a drink. I had some beer earlier, so this is uh, – you can you can migrate on to vodka and not mess your system up. Or it's going to be a hilarious second hour here tonight. So Yeah, no, that's great. I don't know how uh, Bailey's Irish cream and, and bourbon go because that's what I had earlier. Now I'm on bourbon. So we'll see. Half the people who show up to these chats just want to see the inevitable succumbing to alcohol poisoning that is coming here. But uh, one day, one day. One day. But, but yeah, no, it, it's great. And, uh, but you know, yeah. the other thing you mentioned, so Cena Grace, uh, what strikes me is that people seem to have forgotten that he was the he was the editor based on, on Walking Dead and Invincible. Yeah, they they like it for for many people. They remember him as uh, he started his career with Iceman, and that seems like a bit of a shame. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's oh I mean, yeah. Th- there was a nice in between period too, where he was um he he was the Skybound editor, but mm-hmm. between that and um his Marvel stuff, just yeah. some great indie stuff. I remember um he drew a little Depressed Boy. Um, yes. I think he drew and maybe even co-wrote uh, "Burn the Orphanage." I, I, yeah, um, mm-hmm. good stuff. But dude, my favorite one though, you know, is um, is uh, Penny Dora. I'm not sure if you guys have read that one, but it's I um, haven't. Uh, that that one I don't it's know. Good. It's a good one. It's um, it's an image book. It was for kids, you know, and and, and they put sure. the trade out as this little shorter trade. But it came out in single issues, and it was just a very fun kind of heartwarming fantasy story. And it ended in a place where, you know, you thought it was going to keep going. But I think that something that I've learned, too, is that it's hard to find uh, an audience for 
comics for kids through the, th the traditional means. Image publishing a kids comic is a hard sell. Whereas, oh, yeah. like Scholastic doing it, they're they're just going to go straight to trade, put it out in the bookstore. But a, a company like Image, just for a kids book to survive on single issues, it's yeah, hard. Yeah. It's hard, dude. Very very hard. It's um. Well, 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 Pat, I wanted to, so, so hopefully people have checked out your interview, but tell us, so there's, I know we have new people in the chat, new people coming all the time. Tell us a little bit, what, what are the, what are the big things you've done? Big things I've done. Yeah. Um, all right. So Destiny New York, I, I've been kickstarting that um, for five years now. This is our fifth year anniversary um, uh, for freelance work titles that you might be more familiar with. I um, am a Marvel novelist. I've, I've written five Marvel novels. Um, I have done work on, um, the uh, comic book version of Charmed, uh, Zenoscope, uh, continued the Charmed series, and I wrote season 10 for that. Um, and I've done a lot of work for uh, Zenoscope. I did um, the oh, Van Helsing yeah. series, which is, that, that's what the sci-fi show is based on. Uh, Robin Hood for about 40 issues. Um, what else? Some stuff for Avatar. Um, I wrote uh, Cross Plus 100 based on Alan Moore's story. Um, Adventure Time, a little bit for Boom. I'm just looking at my shelf. To, to oh, you've done a ton of yeah. stuff. No, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah just I mean, I've been here and there. You know, when, when we interviewed you the first time, like you've done a. I, I remember the number was like a ridiculous amount of Xenoscope books. Yeah, yeah. I um, and that's kind of hard to clock too because um, I edited as much as I wrote, and I don't really like consider um the ones I edited in my body of work because my style as editor was I really wanted to uh, hire the creators kind of streamline the process and produce the comic but not really you know push my story ideas like you know in marvel i think sometimes the editor role is seen as someone who like kind of like directs storylines in some ways that was what i in some ways didn't want to do at Zenoscope because um you know those stories were already written writer's room style where i would go there you know i would drive down to the office in pennsylvania uh ralph joe they run the company those two and uh, Raven Gregory and Dave Francini and I, we'd get in a room together and we would really break stories. And the ones that, um, you know, were more in depth, like, for, for example, uh, Grim Fairy Tales, I uh, broke that with Ralph and Joe. And that was going to be the, re the relaunch that was going to be issues 101 to 125. And it was just so in depth that it was like, all right, this is going to be my next endeavor because we already have it all here. But yep. we'd also come up with these shorter ideas where we could form a solicit off of it. That kind of thing I would like to give to a different writer who who, who wasn't me, who I could kind of see see pitch a story and thrive and not have me really worrying about um, trying to put my own voice in there and instead you know, try to diversify Zenoscope's voice. Because one of the concerns was back then, and I think we're more about this now, is that I was being seen – as the Zenoscope writer and Zenoscope's voice was sounding like my voice yep. when, when both Zenoscope wanted not that Zenoscope wanted to have a diverse catalog and I wanted to be seen as a, di as a diverse creator. And um, yep. so yeah, uh, I edited a lot more than I even remember there because it was just such a blur. You know, they were at, at one point doing like 16 titles a uh -huh. month. Oh, yeah. No, no, they, they had, they had a huge amount. Well, I mean, and, they also, I think we talked about this a little bit last time. They had, they always focus on very distinctive covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, um, <laughs> you know, Ralph Tedesco actually uh, hit a very interesting conversation about this on Twitter because um, he 
he he's gone through these phases of seeing different styles of reaction. There was one time, you know, it was around the time that everyone was so upset or pretending to be upset about the Milo Manera Spider Woman cover, you know. Yep. Um, and that time was, you know, it's still people being critical of Xenoscope, and then you had creators like um. Tim Seeley and Hackslash, who are more, you know, they're, they're, they're not seen the same way as Xenoscope at the time was, you know, e yeah. even though they do the same kind of covers. Marvel, in many ways, does the, those same kind of covers. So I yeah. saw Ralph spark this cool conversation where he was like, what is it about Xenoscope um, for those who either read it or those who criticize it and don't read it? Why, why do you feel about the company how you do? And it got some very interesting responses. And what I saw primarily was that people weren't aware that those are the C cover. There's an yep. A and a B cover, which are story driven, you know? And I, I, I was just kind of like taken aback myself after having worked with them for so many years. And actually um, I, I've started to work with them more again now. Um, yep. And seeing that, the reality of what some people think was so far from the truth that I've known for years. I don't know, man. It was, it was very eye-opening that people will only look at and notice what they already expect something to be, you know? Yep. Like, oh no, for sure. T trust me. We're, we're yeah. going to look at some dynamite covers later. So we're, we're, we know we're, we're yeah, <laughs> they, they, they see confirmation bias and like they'll scroll past the cover of Van Helsing, which looks much like a Marvel cover or a DC cover or a fucking Valiant cover, any kind of superhero cover. Xenoscope yep. does that every month, but people will um, scroll to like a, a convention exclusive and see Robin Hood dressed up in like a football costume from the state the convention's at, and, <laughs> and they'll make fun of it because it's like, that's there because that'll sell at the convention to people who live yeah. there. And and, they'll, yeah. and people don't understand. I actually saw a comment here that, that, that was spot on before. Um, there's a huge section of people in comics who don't understand the collector's aspect. Yeah, for sure. That like um, when uh, I always forget how to pronounce his name. Um, James T. Onion. You know <laughs> when yep. yes. when that dude right when he drops an issue of um, what's his horror book? Um, the one that he put oh, he puts out himself. Um, is it something that's going on the shoulder? Razor blades. Razor Ray oh, blades. right, right. I'm sorry, Razor dude. Blades, when yeah. he drops an issue of razor blades, the amount of people who are buying it that are speculators versus the amount of people who are buying it to read it, hugely the other way. Because guess yeah. what, dude? I bought twelve. You know, like, mm -hmm. like, like it's that sells and, and that will sell and continue to sell because people don't understand that people also who aren't them love comics as an item to collect. Or to flip, mm -hmm. yeah. No, it's it's very. So tell us real quick. I mean, I'm just because this gonna be such a fun conversation tonight. Um, tell us about Destiny New York. If people don't know what what is what yeah. is the premise of this book? All right, so it is a, uh, you know, it's set in a world where magic is a real and normal part of everyday life, and it follows um, Logan McBride. And when when she was young, a little girl, she had a prophecy made about her. She completes her destiny when she's just 13. And we pick up with her when she's in her 30s trying to live a meaningful life beyond her destiny. So, so it's sort of like, you know, fantasy stories always climax at the fulfillment of the prophecy, of the, the defeating of the bad guy. What happens next? What's the life of these fantasy characters after that? Yep. Very nice. Yeah. 
So and that is obviously it's it's uh, sorry, it's uh, Black Mask is where it's coming out from. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Black Mask does, does the single issues, and my company Space Between does the ongoing trades. Right, and you can go on Kickstarter right now and see what. You can go on Kickstarter um, starting Tuesday. Um, the link is tinyurl.com slash Destiny New York 5, and you can go there and pledge to what we have. Um, that's going to launch Tuesday at uh, 10 a.m. Um, and, yeah, it, it's just the next installment. Oh, you, you can see it right here on the screen. That is the uh, variant cover by Jen St. Ange, and yeah. we have two interior pages by Matteo Leone. He drew... Um, uh, Cherry Gilbert Necromancer, which is a spinoff um, that that was put out through Kickstarter, and, and it's going to be coming out now as well. And he did so well with the characters that are established that we wanted to bring him in to the main title. Nice. And that that's the one you co-wrote with Vito, right? With Cherry, uh, Gilbert, Cherry Gilbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. yeah. Here's awesome. a, a question somebody has, and 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 Shane Davis is saying a very friendly hello, Joe. So oh, hello, Shane. <laughs> um, Herman Bennett, or Herman Bennett, sorry, wants to. This was a while ago. He wants to say, What advice if you want to work in comics? And yeah. I'm hearing this more and more. You want to get into comics, you do not want to work for DC and Marvel. What's some good advice to give people? I'd say it is very easy to not work with them because it's very hard to get hired by them, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that my best advice is to, and it's, it's always tough because not everyone has the means. Um, but what I did. Um, my, my work with Marvel was also through an indie publisher. Um, yep. They they licensed their titles to different publishers for novels, for media tie-in. So the work that I did for Marvel was even through a smaller publisher. Um, I did through Joe Books um, four novels, and then I did through uh, uh, I, I think it was Harper Collins did, did Spider Man's biography. Um, yep. So my advice to avoid the bigger guys and to make a living off of indie work is you really do first have to have a sample of your work that you produce. Yep. Um, the first, I mean, we were talking about Zenoscope, right? Uh, the first company that I worked with uh, as a comics writer was Zenoscope. And well, no, that that's not true on a larger scale. Yeah. The first company I worked with, with, with was IDW and that was um, on uh, Angel and that at the time was one of their biggest titles. So I just marketed myself so hard and wrote so many scripts. And at the time, you know, social media was a much different landscape in 2008 than it is now. Mm -hmm. So it was much easier to present myself as a writer and a media guy to the artists, the editors, the writers at IDW than it would be trying to break through you know, the thickness of the fog of everyone doing that right now, you know? Um, so while I was able to use my angel sample to get jobs at Zenoscope, that's going to be harder now. What I would suggest is um, writing a one shot, doing whatever you can to get the money to hire a professional artist to draw it. Not, not even a one shot, five, 10 pages of good story and just put it out there. And um, what, what you want to do then is link it on your social media and then use your social media to harass actual pros. Sure. <laughs> you know, because if you use social media to harass pros, you get a huge following dude, you know? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> 
I understood. Okay, this is a good oh god, that, that's great. But um, All right, also, you heard it here first. Get yes. on social media, harass pros. That is yeah. that is the way to get into comics. I, yeah, I, but I but you it. gotta like misspell their name and do stuff that, like that. All of it, and then yeah. maybe a company will believe enough in you to put a whole marketing uh, movement behind your name when you have no credits. Yes. Maybe it'll happen for you, you know? Um, yeah. But no, uh, what I think that you really should do is focus on um, focus on creating something that is fully you, that you hire someone to draw well. And and that's the, that's a hard part because I am, um, man, looking back, the amount of money I spent on art for stories that I wrote to be that simple, dude, it was so bad. Like looking back, I couldn't believe that I had such an untrained eye. It took yeah. me so long as a creator to be able to discern what was cool to see versus publishable versus very good. Cause like yeah. the, the truth is if you draw nothing, no, yeah. sorry. If you have published nothing and an artist who is okay draws your work, it's going to be pretty cool to you. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. not enough though. That's not enough. So you have to be able to discern uh, what's cool to you versus what someone would actually be interested in and see as a professional sample. This is and, a big uh, difference. This is something that seems to trip people up too. It's, yeah. it's like this. This is something I like. It's like congratulations. Nobody else does. So I mean, you, you have to you have to both meet the stuff you like and also have it be marketable to other people. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And it's um, I think that you can train yourself to get to the, the level where. Um, Scott Snyder had this advice where, where he said the best thing that you can do as a writer is follow your own interests with precision. And that and that's great advice. After you train yourself to understand what will sell versus what won't sell. And, and, and that's hard because it's not a thing that we as creators want to think about. I consider myself an artist before a businessman, but at the same time, the stories that I have to pursue are the ones that I know have a way to exist. Cause if they don't, I can still do it, you know, but it, it, it's going to be a problem to get funded. If it's a Kickstarter, it's going to be a problem to get picked up if it's a pitch. So really what I've almost wanted myself to uh, kind of transition over to doing is that when those ideas that I love that won't still come up, maybe I should do that as a short story. Or a novel, so it's just prose. So I cut the cost of the art out, and it's just really just me because that'll be, you know, it's at least easier and less unwieldy than putting all that money into a comic that I love, but that no one is really gonna, you oh, know. For sure. Yeah, and, and part of it's about getting on the board, right? You need you need to start the clock somehow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd also throw in uh, to get a good lettering i mean you can get a decent up-and-coming letter or something for like 15 bucks a page just yeah. you gotta if you're oh, yeah. if you're shelling out for the art get a decent letterer and 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 make it look nice yeah don't blow it at that step like I, and like yeah, the, yeah. so often so oh yeah often. these people you, you know you're you're blow you know a hundred two hundred dollars a page or whatever you know depending on the level of artist you're getting or more uh, on that and then it's like and then you're gonna let it all fall apart because you're not willing to pay like 15 bucks or it, yeah. you know something for like a in an up-and-coming letterer to make it look nice like come on. oh it's so hard it's, it, it's so hard and also too 
I empathize in that those um the smaller financial choices they seem so easy to kind of like ignore. You know, yeah. I, I remember um there was a uh, a time when I was finishing Destiny New York Volume One, and we my editor Shannon and myself we were going through uh, Chapter One of Volume One, and I, I, I was just like, man, the pace in the middle. It's kind of fast, you know. I, oh, yeah. I think that I think that if we have one extra page, great. But if we have one extra page, it throws our shit off for the whole book. So if we have one extra page, we need two. So I yeah. was like, is that pacing, which is the right call, worth that price of the page? At the time, I was like tortured over it. Because we were, you know, we were already over budget, and yeah. I made the call to do that. And now I look back, and I, if if I hadn't done that, every time I would read the book or like look at the book, I would think ah, I could have been better. You know, it could have been better. Um, so I think that when you learn how to really navigate those choices, and you can remove yourself from the idea that you know that you should always cut costs then you'll be better off as a creator. And that, that isn't to say that you shouldn't cut costs. costs. Like, um, for example, this is a very similar story with um, much more experience on it. Um, right now, I'm designing um, the layout for a Destiny New York anniversary book. It's going to be a, uh, an art book. And my thought was to cover uh, five years of Destiny New York, every cover, every print, and every cover and print of, of every spinoff. And that would have been a 120-page hardcover. Mm. And then I, I was like, hmm, I wonder what happens if I cut the spinoffs. And that made a very clean 80-page hardcover. And I was like, oh, that that's a no-brainer. But that I do because the other shit's not going anywhere. Yeah. That I'll do book two because – that also comes down to figuring out what people will pay. If I had a 120 page hardcover, it's a 35, 40 page, $40 book, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I had to really just um, think about the price in that way. And that was with more of a seasoned experience as a publisher too. Whereas, you know, that's something that you train yourself to, to, to understand what will, what costs will pay off and what will leave you in a bad situation. It it's it's kind of a follow. This is great advice, by the way. I, I we're we're going to some details here. It's wonderful. This is so. Hopefully, people are listening to this on replay as well. And and yes, this will go up on the podcast stuff as well, so you can see it without YouTube's nonsense. Uh, but here's another question, uh, and I should be reading these because people are listening to on on the podcast aren't seeing any of this stuff, so they miss all the fun jokes. Um, how do you solicit your work? Uh, do you cold call, blind email your comic to some editor, Black Mask or Scout, or as other smaller publisher? And and the question is being asked here, but there's been a conversation certainly on social media lately about never send um, never send your ideas to anybody has been kind of this this thread that's being that's been tossed around. How how do you get how do you get in front of a publisher? Oh, okay. So it's difficult, you know. It's um here's what I feel like isn't discussed is that you know, people always do the whole like uh kind of like overarching how do I break into comics thing. The truth is that my way into every publisher was dramatically different. Mm, um, yeah, excellent. Like Black Mask, um, 
I met Matt Pizzolo, who runs Black Mask Studios at a New York Comic Con party. Met him there, and it was a very quick introduction. I hated the, the party, dude. It was this crowded, weird party where I ended up feeling... I was thinking, like, why am I there? No, no one here fucks with me. You know, no yeah. one here knows who I am. They, they, they don't respect Xenoscope. And I, I personally felt kind of, like, slighted. And, I mean, that's just... Yeah. I mean, th that's, like, me projecting, probably. But it's true. You know, mm -hmm. I felt very attached to the work that I was doing. And I was, you know... I felt that Robin Hood specifically should have been recognized and that in many ways that it didn't get seen how I thought it would have. Um, mm -hmm. So I had like a chip on my shoulder and yeah. I left the party thinking, man, no, no one really like sees what I'm doing at the same level as like um, what other similar creators are doing for different companies. Yeah. And I felt bad about that. And then the next year, I met Matt again at New York Comic Con, and I was, you know, I, I, I was taken by the fact that he remembered me. I, I went to his table to like introduce myself, and he's like, "Oh, we we met last year, didn't we?" And I was like, "Fuck, we we did." And this guy remembers. That's pretty cool, you know. Um, yeah. And he was he, he asked questions about Zenoscope's marketing and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, you know who sees what I'm doing there is this fucking guy," and that's that that's great. Um, that's very so, great. So I stayed on Matt for a while, you know. I would um, ask for pitch meetings. I did a pitch meeting with him, and um, you know, it, it was just always trying to figure out what the right book was. And then one day, um, I think in like, oh man, maybe, maybe 2017 or 18 now, he DM'd me on Twitter after so many in-person meetings, and he said, "Hey, Pat, do you got anything?" And I emailed him 20 ideas, and he took three <laughs> of them. Nice. So that, that yeah. how that happened. Um, I saw Scout was there in the question. Scout, um, I I have a book coming through Scout that hasn't been announced yet. Um, oh, the nice. way that that happened was, um, I saw them at multiple conventions, um, and I put my stuff in front of them, just like kind of like stayed on them too. But I wasn't really seeing a lot of the same person. I wasn't like there was no Matt at scout that i was seeing i was just yeah. seeing various people um and then one day um uh bob france and kevin cuff uh who do metal shark bro at scout um they brought a gentleman from scout over to my table at baltimore comic-con and that day multiple people from scout came over and like checked out what someone previous had told them that they'd seen um james hayek is one of them and they had seen destiny new york and they were talking about uh, doing that book when I had already had to deal with Black Mask. And um, and what I was saying to them is like, listen, I, I want to do something and we should. This is already being done, but I would love to actually do a different original book for you guys. And um, then with that in mind, with many conversations on the phone and everything too, I ended up one day just um, messaging uh, Charlie Stickney, who was publisher there and the writer of White Ash, and I said, "Hey, I have something," and um, sent it his way, and and they said yes, yeah. So there's um, it is being at conventions that that is the through line of that. Um, yeah. But what I think it, it even more is, it it's building connections with other creators, and that can be hard because I mean, dude, honestly, 
that the feeling that I had at the party is the same feeling I have when I go on Twitter oh. and when I see a comics industry that I don't really feel part of. Right. I feel that way still. And that might sound ridiculous as someone who has, I think this is going to be my 18th funded Kickstarter. That's great. But I also, you know, I, I don't feel seen by my peers sometimes. And what makes me kind of like, what kind of like jolts me out of that is seeing, oh, well, I kind of have the scout thing because of um, uh, Bob, Kevin, and Charlie. I kind of have the black mask thing because uh, Larry said go to that party and Matt was cool. Like, th- there are human beings to tie to these gigs. Yeah. You know? yeah. and, um, that, I think, when you're not seeing recognition in other ways is kind of easy to forget, but it's something that I'm reminded of when I talk about these things, you know? Yeah. Pat, could you tell the, the story about the one time you did go to the Black Mass booth that I was there and saw what... Oh, the guy, right? Yeah, the guy, yeah. Oh, uh, that was... <laughs> That was kind of like devastating, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I printed out this. Um, it was a full pitch document because Matt and I had talked a lot before, yeah. and I was like, "All right, let's make this shit formal." This is like the engagement ring of a pitch. I I made this printed book of like seven different pitches, and oh, some with art too, and um. I saw him talking, and then every time that I would look, he wasn't at the booth. So I, I went up to Katie Rex, who was at the time writing uh, uh, Jade Street Protection Services, yeah. and I was like, hey, can you bring me over when Matt is actually there, and I, I could talk to him? So she said, yeah. So brings me over. He's there. And I'm like, hey, Matt, can I pitch to you real quick? And he goes, it has to be real quick because I'm on my way to a panel. So I'm like, fuck, let me do it in like two minutes. So I start to do it, and then this dude, and this is New York Comic Con, a dude barrels into us while throwing up, falls on the floor, and he's like there, and all of a sudden Matt like cracks into like we have to help this dude, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I mean we do, but come, you know, so, <laughs> so yeah, maybe not. Yeah, everyone around me like cracks into helping this guy. Someone goes, "Hey Pat, go, go tell the the security." I'm like, "I don't know what the fuck the security is," you know. So I like go through these rows of packed with people, you know, and I find the security, and I'm like, "Hey, there's a guy. He, I think he's drunk. Can you just help us out?" And he's like, "I don't really work for the show." I'm like, "Oh fuck," you know. Um, so <laughs> finally, I, I get back there. He's on his feet. He's conscious, but the 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 pitch meeting is for sure over, and. <laughs> It would be about a year before that that DM came, and yeah. to to me, I was like, "Oh, that's the end of this shit," you know. But, yeah, I but think Kwanzaa yeah. was there too. I, w- I want to say he was at the table. I'm trying to think because I'm trying to remember it. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it was at least you, Matt, and Katie Rex saw the whole shit. Oh um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, a barfing drunk dude who passed out battled into us and just destroyed the whole pitch meeting. And um, yeah. yeah, it was um, you know, like now now it's funny. At the time, I was like, "Damn, the luck, dude!" You know, because yeah. like I felt I had it in the bag. Um, That's the worst sabotage job since Gary Hart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it, it, it was just hor- <laughs> it was horrible, and it's wow. funny now, but it was you know, it felt 
it felt like I was being like, like, like the cosmos was saying, nah, bitch, you know? Um, <laughs> but I'll say this though. Um, as far as the stories in that, in that pitch packet, none of them were the ones that black mask picked up. They were all different stories. Because um, there's vomit all over them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Uh, um, <laughs> it's funny because it hurts. Yes, and I'm... you know, yeah, it, it did at the time hurt. But now looking back, would I prefer Matt have taken one of those stories versus uh, Snap Flash, Breathless, and the third story, which hasn't even come out yet? No, I wouldn't. You know, because yeah. like his Matt's work as publisher on those titles is what made me want to partner with him on destiny in the earth, which is much more of an ongoing in-depth project. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. 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 I, uh, it's, it's, it's funny how many Comic-Con stories start and, and uh, we're not into with uh, somebody threw up. Um, there's a yeah. lot of, I've got a lot of those. I, I but I've never, th- I've, I've been thinking despite all the comic, uh, comments about being drunk, I've never thrown up at a Comic-Con. You know, I never have either. Yeah. I mean, he does mean like, at the show or at the whole experience? Um, at the whole experience, I believe. Yeah. But definitely oh, not at the show or at an after party. De- definitely not at the show or, or an after party. I, I very, I, I hate vomiting. It's very rare for me. You know, what? I, I hate the whole experience. I mean, it's it's horrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> the show that I got destroyed at was um, Motor City Comic Con. Um, oh yeah. Every night I would go out with the, these Enescope guys. Um, and oh my god we got this pizza and there was just so much liquor and and it was all you know it was all caught by the hotel so what i wanted to do which was a mistake obviously was get drunk enough on the free alcohol to not pay downstairs at the bar you know so we were in the hotel room get you know getting drunk and i went down to the bar realized that i was horribly destroyed and returning to the room and i was just in the shower for the whole night and it was just dude it was a nightmare and i mean that's um that's the last time i ever drank at a con because i'm not even a big drinker like now i don't drink at all um but and and not even because of any problem but because you know maybe you guys can tell me but is it because i'm older or fat because when, when i drink my fucking veins feel hot you know, no, I, I, I just feel uncomfortable when I'm drunk, dude, you know, um, I, get I, it. I yeah. think I'd be uncomfortable. I wasn't at this point. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'd rather just, uh, well, the funny thing now is all the cons and the places where weed's legal. Like the, the yeah. last time I was at Emerald city, you know, it was like me, Matt, Matt Ehrman and, uh, Mark Bouchard. Uh, went to one of the you know pot stores there, and then it's like we ran into like you know like Justin Jordan and like Ben Temple Smith and like yeah you know everyone's just it's like the con after party is everyone waiting online at one of the yeah. oh Seattle's a mess now I mean dead yeah the, I mean, the whole convention center smells like weed at this point by the last day but um, <laughs> I, I just remember I I, I what always I, I remember jumping in a cab with a bunch of other guys and we, I look at at Scott, look at this guy, and he is—he's um, struggling, clearly struggling. And I'm like, I'm going to be sitting next to this guy in the cab, and I'm—I'm I'm uneasy. And he kind of half throws up before he gets in the car, but he catches it with his hand. Bro, and then he's like, ah, and he's trying to flip it off, but he's trying to pass it off like I didn't do anything. And then he sits down, but you can smell—I mean, like the door shut, like every, like shit. We're going to Old Town now, and it's like that's like a 
25 minute drive in this traffic and yep we're stuck here with this guy and he's you know a decent is this he was a decent legend i would say uh, and yeah it was unpleasant for everybody anyway uh, i wish you could say his name i wish you yeah. could say his name dude yeah, yeah, yeah. very let's say a very famous inker um but anyway it's, it's i mean there's like three of them so yeah, i know we can <laughs> yeah. narrow it down pretty quick um, oh, yeah Pat, uh, we do this every week, and I'm curious to get your take on it. Um, and unfortunately, this is this is the nightmare section for Joe because we, we basically put up the comics coming out next week. Now, the good news is, I think both of you have comics coming out next week, so that's that's hey, yeah, oh, gang, gang, there we go. Yes, but uh, it it is. <sighs> what do you? What's your take when you see that next week we're going to get 118 new comics? Oh my like a lot. And that's just the direct market. That's not oh my God, outside man. the direct market. Yeah. I was I was just talking about this on the phone, had a meeting about this kind of shit. Dude, that's <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. There's 118 and only 27 are from Marvel and DC? Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> what? what? This is going to be a fun time going through these titles. I think with you, because it, the sad part is there's some there's some there's some good stuff in there. There's some unique, neat stuff in there, but it has zero chance of anybody discovering this when you're one yeah. of these 118. Um, I I don't know, and I'm going to have to start Joe with the highest numbered comic taking out Detective in Action because mm-hmm. this is a much funnier bit. Uh, when you don't have an action comics and detective, because then you're like, you're, yeah. we had a week a while back where the highest numbered comic was like number 28 or something. It's just <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Go well, back to the, uh, they're going to renumber action comics again. They, yeah, sure. Yeah, Come on. It's going to be, it's going to be awful. We're going to. So I'm curious. All right. So let's, let's see here. We got so, so to answer your question, <laughs> here we go. Here's what we got next week. Just kind of, we'll go through this pretty quickly, but um, yeah. I'm curious if any of this stuff, this is the moment where we can kind of say, Hey, people should check this stuff out. Here's something we're, we're reading on here that looks exciting. And, you know, I, I've been impressed with what artists, writers and artisans have done. I think they've got some good books out right now. Sure. You know, Berserker is, uh, is a beast in terms of its sales. So yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised so few from Aftershock here. I mean, I know that Aftershock doesn't do like too, too much, but mm. just, I mean, they're one of the few names that I know as far as small publishers, you know, like yeah. I, I've heard of Behemoth. I've heard of um, AWA. I did not know that it's called Artist Writers and Artisans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that's kind of like how if IW put idea and design works, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, obviously, boom, I know doing too many books but boom i know you know yeah, yeah. That, it, it is too many books but i i get like, it it's it's i mean they're killing it too though oh yeah no they, they have a bunch of stuff that's going well um uh people yeah. are enjoying the many deaths of lila star i only read the first issue so far i can't believe issue three is already out um, oh you know what i will say this is a totally off topic thing kind yeah. of but i do yeah. want to just shout out a book called um uh, I think it's called fuck, a something of crows, a, okay. an unkindness of crows. Okay, from Boom Studios flew under the radar. Excellent book. I felt that that was the book from Boom to get to get the Eisner nom. Didn't get it. Instead, the uh, book where every panel is super super close did. It, it looks beautiful, <laughs> yes. but 
but still, I think that Boom is making great books, and that what's mm-hmm. unfortunate is that the high concepts are the ones that sell, and yeah. what what Boom is doing that some might not really see is that they're also doing these sick, like low key books, and yeah. that's cool to see Boom doing because I know that they, you know, their cash cows are the other books are are the books like Seven Secrets, you know? Is this it, the Unkindness of Ravens? Is that what? Yeah, it is? that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. and then. Um, yeah. Boom did get the, um, they got nicer now for that, a standard Attica uh, graphic novel. Uh, oh, with, good. Which, awesome. That, that, that um, Pat Kennedy is the editor on that, right? Yeah, he, he he got like a supervising sort of editor position, but it was uh, Jack, Jared uh, Runesmith. I'm, I'm butchering his last name. And uh, Amazian is is the artist on that. I, uh, I ha- Amazian did Denny O'Neill's story in mine. So sick. So yeah, so that, that was cool. Good. Yeah, but yeah, um, that's yeah, deserves it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I'm glad that that got that. If uh, people should check out Standard Attica, that's the thing that actually happened, and yeah. it's co-written by uh, Big Black, who the book's yeah. about, uh, yeah. who's passed since. But I, I will say too that I, you know, my opinion about who gets the Eisner nom, I just like to see the weirder books get it because to me. The books that are high concept and indie, I just feel that, that they sell based on the concept. I like the weirder, stranger things that couldn't have been a big movie, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I'd rather see the Eisners. They, they should go one or two directions. Either they should go more for the, the sales and, and kind of what's really moving the market, or they should go for the smaller stuff. They, they're they sitting yeah. in this weird middle ground where it's, it's – it, I mean, it's, it's this kind of award bait type comic yeah. that – uh yeah, how I'm about, just glad so few women got a nom this year. Yeah, I uh, how about the, I, <laughs> Jesus Joe? <laughs> um, I like uh, I like the the inherent promise in uh, you promised me darkness. I now I'm sure that book by Behemoth is not what it sounds like, but it sounds like just some kind of angry boyfriend girlfriend. Like you, you promised me darkness, you asshole, and you gave me <laughs> sunny day. You did. It, yeah, it sounds like a uh, song titled by my, my, my Chemical Romance. You know? Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. You I promised mean, me darkness, dick. Yeah, or love those titles for, for emo songs where like the title yeah. had no lyrics in the song. Like Take Next Sunday would have a song called You're So Last Summer, which isn't referenced in the song at all. You know? Yeah. That, that weird shit. Yeah. Uh, what was that? Cool. What was that band that was like a spinoff of Taking Back Sunday? Oh, dude, you're getting deep in the trenches. That's like, is, um, yeah, that is Straylight Run. <laughs> yes, Straylight Run. Yeah, yeah. Dude, they yeah. are the epitome of what I was just talking about. They had a song called Existentialism on Prom Night. Yeah, dude. Jesus. <laughs> oh God, I haven't listened to them in a, in a minute, but uh, it sounds a little pretentious. I listen to a lot. You know, it is pretentious, but it's fucking lit, too. Okay, and, all right. They had right. a song called Sunrise Highway, which is our shit here in New York, you know? Oh, yeah. Beautiful. They can't, Beautiful. They can't all be Coldplay or Imagine Dragons, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so more comics. And this one, has, like I said, Black Mask next week, It's it's this is yours. Wait, where, where am I? Destiny. Destiny it's the cover. I, 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 oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't give people some TNA from Dynamite, so we can put. Your <laughs> there we go. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. That'll that'll come next. Yeah. Oh, and, and I see. You know, there are companies that I do know here. Oh, they're Black Maskers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Devils do. Um, Devils do. I work with Devils do on uh, Mercy Sparks. Uh, Josh Blaylock 
great guy. Um, yep. Uh, Encoded, I haven't read yet. I'm I'm sure it's dope, but that that book is cool to see here. Um, again, you know what? I'm surprised to see so much from Dark Horse and yeah. so little from Dynamite. That is I'm weird. Hard. It it is this uh, Dynamite's kind of an off week. Um, for for By the way, now, they do have plenty of variants. Don't worry, folks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I sounded so Trump when I, when I said that. I said, um, so so little from Dynamite, you know. <laughs> no, there you go. Well, I Trump is, is established as a very very big Dynamite fan. So Dynamite's very low energy. Yeah, I'm gonna get another uh, mail from Nick now. Uh, anyway, that's fine. <laughs> So, Pat, uh, I'm curious, especially you worked at Xenoscope. So now, you know, we, we see we've got two Dynamite books up here. So we do this. Or this is what some people look forward to every week. Um, taking a look at the Dynamite covers of, of what we like to call like the uh, butts of the week. Um, so let's do it. Let's do it. Get your take of this. It's um, it's a it's a pretty average week for Dynamite. Um but I, I like this uh, this this the Sacred Six picture, uh, the bigger one. It does. The more you look at it, the more interesting it gets because they're they're having some kind of ass fight. Yeah, those titties are flying, dude. Um, yeah, say <laughs> are. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who, 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 who drew this? You know, <laughs> the more you the more you look at Sacred Six, that big one, it the more no. it, it really. Yeah, they're they're having a good old fashioned butt fight. Yeah, you know, um, I feel like when Zenoscope does stuff that is not even like this, they get roasted. But Dynamite yeah. for some reason does not get roasted. I don't know why. Like at the time that I, I was having to like defend Robin Hood as like not a sexist book, yeah. Gail Simone was working on books for Dynamite that had covers just like this. Yeah. <laughs> So it and, felt like, like the industry was giving, you know, two different standards based on who was publishing the book. That's um, what that 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 does not happen. The industry yeah. is very they do not have any kind of hypocritical stuff like that. It, it, what are you talking about? Not in comics. No. Yeah. You know what though? Yeah, as far as these covers, I don't mind these. You know, it's funny, you know, that they're doing the butt fight. It's fun, you know, it's weird that like um the character who is not Vampirella, I have no fucking clue who she is. She yeah. has her arm hooked through Vampirella's, but Vampirella's butt is way in front of her. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it, doesn't, I, it doesn't work. Like, no, uh, it, it, it really doesn't. Is this Dynamite's uh, attempt to take on Dick Fight Island? I think that's, <laughs> that's right. What it looks like is it looks like a fucking TikTok dance, you know? Yeah. It's it's very peculiar. What also they, they I mean Vampirella doesn't look that happy, but the, her her opponent looks like she's having a pretty good time. Like geez. oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, they're, they're enjoying the fight. You know, like maybe they have like a Goku Vegeta dynamic where you know they're just enjoying the challenge here yes. of, of the yeah. battle. Um, dude, yeah, I don't know. That's funny to see. You know, I don't really follow Dynamite's work, so to see that that they're doing this is, you know, this is less. Um, cheesecake than what Zenoscope does, even on the variants, I feel. Yeah. Well, it, it varies from week to week. We had one about two or three weeks ago that was just like the horniest collection of stuff you've ever seen and, and yeah. you know, upshot camera angles and it was just a it was a, it was some good comedy but... Um, yeah, I mean there, there's some cool art here too, like... Um, oh, for sure. Let's yeah. see, the Sacred Six 
That girl's um, getting eaten in that one. So the one where it's like her veins are coming out and shit, like yeah, forming, like that. The, the art there is like it's technically good. You know, like this here looks good. Um, Sanja Versal, what the fuck is that? Sonja yeah. Versal, um, <laughs> what what book is that, dude? Sonja <laughs> yeah, Versal. Sonia Versatile, I think, is what it's supposed to. No, it's Sonia Versatile. It's a joke. Oh, I'm oh. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus! I, I mean, oh my God, Joe's finally caught me with sarcasm. Fact, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, these covers are also. I think some of these are the A, B, and A, C variants, which means okay, they've yeah. they've gone through the entire alphabet and were, you know. You know yeah, you know, I, I um, yeah, I have nothing against any of the covers here. Um, no, sure. I, I think you want to be against the covers. <laughs> God, dude. <laughs> 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 um, I think I do maybe have a bit of like a chip on my shoulder from years of defending covers like this. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, it's funny. I, I would um defend covers like this, and then. I felt, you know, I would go to Ralph and be like, hey, man, do we have to keep doing this? And the answer was, yeah, because that's what Zenoscope is known for as far as their exclusives go. And at the time, I was like, man, I wish that, like, I didn't have to have that conversation constantly. And the truth was, what I didn't realize is is that I didn't, you know? The people Uh who criticized um, me for working with them for them for doing those covers, those people who are never gonna buy the book, you know what I mean? Like, they they aren't the customer, no, they're a bunch of assholes, yeah. And and I didn't really get that, you know. Uh, but now I get that because I mean, I've um, you know, I I was young, dude, I I was um, in my early 20s in a place where I could go on Twitter and see someone like ask me a question, and I felt like I had to answer everybody. And now I, I've been doing this for 10 years and I feel I have to answer to nobody and I feel so much better. Oh, yeah. So much better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, has social media kind of just destroyed everything, do you think? Yeah, you know, it's, um, I mean, dude, I try to not judge anyone as far as like what's going to happen to them in the next life. But dude, if Jack isn't going to hell, who the fuck is? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Yes, please. People on Twitter will, will tweet, get off Facebook. Facebook is this, this, and that. And I'm like, bro, you are on Twitter. Twitter yeah. There's nothing worse than Twitter. Twitter has, you know, it, it's created this false idea of how we communicate when the re- reality is that such a small fraction of people are on Twitter and a smaller fraction are the ones who really, you know, they kind of define the way that Twitter flows. Like, um, for example, um, we brought it up last time, the whole James Gunn thing, right? Um, Marvel, Marvel realized that people don't give a fuck about what James Gunn did. They want to see guardians three by James Gunn. Twitter made it seem as if no one would see it. And everyone gave a fuck about what he said, you know, more people, are in the real world are receptive to a joke and are forgiving than you would think by looking at Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it's true. 
It's true. And today, uh, not to not to go into all the drama, but today did seem like everybody lost their minds uh, a little bit more than usual. This this, yeah. this the day started out somewhat quiet and then went to shit really quickly. Um, oh my god, I I can't believe how many uh, tweets happened that were the uh, private discussions amongst many people because that's the truth is uh, we all share these insane tweets and go like oh what is the hell is wrong with these people yeah. dude IDW is not to change the topic what no, 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 no. It's good. It's I'm just surprised IDW is going off <laughs> yeah how, how many books is it one two that, 11 I believe yeah bro, that's so many that's it, so fucking many it is like, it, um, it's too many, <laughs> too many books. There's the episode of Sopranos where um Chris and Polly are having a fight outside of a restaurant after they've given a bad tip, and the waiter comes out and he 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 confronts them, and Chris throws a rocket at the waiter's head, and the waiter falls down and he's having a seizure, you know, and they, they think it's gonna pass. And then he keeps seizing, and Chris goes, he's still going, this asshole. And IDW is still going, this asshole. Yeah. Look, look at that offer. It. Yeah. No, oh, they, they, they are just throwing stuff out the door. For, I mean, for sure. That's, it, they, they, putting out nearly as many comics as DC in a week yeah. seems One like less. Yeah. See, it seems excessive. And, and then I'm, I'm looking at what DC's doing here, too, and I'm just like, all right. Um, well, oh, Batman Fortnite again. Huh. Yeah, Batman Fortnite. That will that that will put a lot of sales out. And uh, you know, yeah. everybody's been saying, I I've been kind of enjoying the Flash, but I really wish they would return to the Heroes in Crisis thing. That was the most popular fan favorite moment of the last twenty years. And so I'm really glad to have an issue with uh, you know Wally revisiting all the people he murdered. Yeah, no, that that's going to be really exciting for people. Yeah. Um, let's see the Wonder Girl. Um, uh i'll i'll read it sure I, I read the first one i uh i hate wonder woman right now uh wonder girl's fine i sure mm-hmm. <laughs> oh we'll 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 see what happens there nightwing um, was, uh, was wonder woman the one that had thirsty thor this week thirsty thor's day hmm, thirsty oh thirsty thor's day yeah because that's that's how wonder woman <laughs> and thor are gonna say i i Thirsty Thor's I, day. I, I, I can't. I cannot. But it, it, yeah, I'm just no. Hey, I dude, can't. I have. To, I mean, I had to find out who fucking writes this. I, I'll search that in my own time. But Jesus right. yeah, no, please, and check out their Twitter. Bro, okay, <laughs> no, don't do that. No, no. But uh, but no, it's, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sure they're all uh, lovely, normal people uh, outside of that but jack's little social experiment hellscape yes yeah um, yeah in uh heavy metal magazine uh there some of the characters do have armor i hear so look out you know look out for that there that's will be good they'll be wearing clothes um for some of the pages that you're able to receive if they send it to you um yeah got a lot of things out there in one it's a lot of comics but hey uh how about uh beckstar next week Bex exciting that's yeah. a nice cover, man. Yeah, Sweeney Boo. Sweet, yeah, Sweeney Boo's the shit. I actually just um I haven't seen this cover yet. I just oh. retweeted one of Sweeney's um uh art pieces. Just so good. So nice. good. Yeah, man. Th- this looks really nice. I, I love like the pastel background. This is just nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that lighting that Joe's famous for. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, image uh, thrown out quite quite a lot. Yeah, you know, I expected from them. I, I, I'm not too surprised there. It's yeah. um, what's Walking Dead? Oh, Deluxe. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Then we can make money from it twice. Is the strategy? I mean, I yeah. don't. Why? Why not? You know? Yeah. I, well, I it, hell, if somebody will buy it, it's it's great. I got. Uh, I got Jupiter's Legacy Requiem, and I was told that I didn't. There's no embargo, so I can put up a review of that. So I'll do that in a day oh. or two as well. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, no, that's good. But yeah, there, there's a bunch of stuff. Oh, Silver Coin number three. I've been I've been enjoying Silver Coin. Very nice. Um, it's interesting because it's an anthology kind of series, but it's the same artist every issue with a different writer. Oh, flipping it up. Okay. Yeah, so the first issue was written by Chip Zdarsky, and the second issue was written by Kelly Thompson. I don't know who's writing the third, but um, but yeah, it, it, interesting. Um, Savage Dragon is still going, huh? Mm-hmm. You know? That'll never. I mean, no, that's no. Yeah. That, I I mean, it'll end, you know, in the sense that everything ends. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. but, but, but they know yes. everything. But I was um, surprised. Uh, I showed Joe uh, Ant uh, came out this week, which had a, yeah. has a have, you know long legacy of that comic getting back into print, and and it it looked like they uh, it looked like they shipped that thing without finishing the art. Wait, hold on, hold on. Ant by um, Mario Gully, I think, right? That was once by yeah. Now it's uh, being put out by Eric Larson. Really? Yeah. Oh. But oh, yeah. uh, he's using okay. a strange kind of sketch, don't finish my work style for it. Interesting. So is Eric drawing it too or what? Yes. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I had no idea that, that, that it was coming back. Yeah, um, it, it's um, it's peculiar though. And it, it also looks like the, uh, the artist got kind of tired uh, midway through the book and then started going a lot faster. Yo, so, the, yeah. those old school ant covers though? <laughs> well, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so funny, dude. Man. Um, yeah, I'll have to put up some pictures. And so uh, next week, we're uh, yeah, here's Marvel. Somebody was asking you, Joe or Pat, are either of you reading the Heroes Reborn stuff? Because it ends next week. I, I read the first issue. Uh, I don't care. It's uh, I hate all of these events. I hate this constant going back and calling everything a name that's already been used before, but it's not associated with the original event. I don't know who the hell idea, whose idea it is, but it's a stupid idea, and they keep doing it. They're like, it's mm -hmm. Heroes Reborn. Is that anything like the original? No. And then we're doing the Clone Saga again. Is that anything like the original? No. Oh. no. Okay. And then Hickman's doing Inferno. Does that tie into the original Inferno? No. <laughs> like, what? That's weird. What the fuck? It's not. People speculate it's to hold on to licenses and and trademarks, but that's actually not how that works. You, no. you don't need to put out a new series with the same name to hold on to a trademark like that. That's, that's no. It, why see, do it. If anything, it seems like because they put out the Inferno Omnibus uh, finally, so it seems like they're trying to do something. We're like, maybe we can trick people into buying our back catalog by naming shit uh, old stuff. And hopefully, and we'll just hope that that doesn't, we're not causing our own market confusion because we are. Yeah. Huh, yeah, I'm, I'm not reading that. Um, <laughs> oh, that, that, I mean, that started. That started that's that's no, okay. No. You I'm, said what we were saying. A couple okay. weeks ago, um, I know that's not what I mean. Wes was on the show and, and he was like, I kind of like it. And I think. I don't know if it was Joe or me who said it's a comic for dumb people, and I we, I just, we made him feel very bad. That's all. I <laughs> yeah, I mean, I um, 
what I like of Marvel right now is um the last thing I read was a tie-in to um what was that event that Al Ewing did last year? Um Empire. 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 Empire itself. All right. <laughs> The time I liked was the Captain America book. I think that that guy's taking over the main title now. Maybe um, I think something Kennedy Johnson or something. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson. Yeah. Boom, Philip Kennedy Johnson. That is good. Right. He can write me. Right alien right now. I don't think it's confirmed, but yes, that's that's what I've heard in the last uh, like twenty four hours that he's he's going to take over the book. He can write. Oh my god, that's gonna. I I'm picking that up. Yeah, Yeah, that would be good. I, I heard uh, uh, Christopher Priest was an option, but uh, there, it sounds like it sounds like Philip Kennedy Johnson. So we'll see. Yeah, Christopher Priest. I'm excited for that. Yeah. He um he did um the recent uh what was the series um the guy who isn't Captain America U.S. Agent. Yeah, he yep. did that series. Yep. The, the first issue was all right. You know, um I think that he's a writer who is. It might actually lend itself his style to to the way, way people read now is because his stuff is so good digested in huge blocks. It's true. Yeah, yeah very true. Um, so yeah, I think that either way it goes, it will be pretty good. If if those are the two options, I'll be very happy. If it's like uh, and no shave, if, if 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 the guy who's writing Iron Man right now, I just I, I don't want that to have. It happen. can't. It can't be him. It yes. can't. Wait, it wait, wait, wait. Is that the same Iron Man that was rebooted at number one recently? Yes. Yeah. That that I mean, I don't mean to I, I don't know who wrote it. The shit is trash. If, <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I have nothing against against the guy at all. Um yeah. I, I'm sure he's a, a great person. Things just don't work. It's fine. You know, and and you know, another thing too is a lot of times, especially when you're dealing with Marvel or DC, their editors a lot of times hire you to write their story. That's what I was talking about as an escope. That that was the opposite of what I wanted to go into it doing. Yeah. yeah, that's what I see too often, dude. I wanted to support writers who had their own vision, and that and it was hard yeah. because they were also coming in and like pitching off of like Zenoscope's house ideas, which yeah. is how Zenoscope does it, you know. But I did what I could to not like to to not be a filter between them and Ralph and Joe. Rather, have them give their take, you know. Um, but yeah, dude, that the Iron Man stuff. I don't, I don't know. I um, I, I've read two issues. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't fucking believe it. Yeah, same I, same I, here. I, I think I tapped out after two. Maybe I got through three, but yeah. no, I was. No. It, it's but it got so much worse. I mean, <laughs> again, like you said, I don't have anything against the guy because I don't yeah. even. I, I don't know who it is. Yeah. I didn't look at, I mean, for all I know, it, I, I, it's I Joe. Think someone that I know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's dude, it's it's real bad. Yeah, yeah and I I love Iron Man. No, I mean my my uh, litmus test. I I really disliked uh, the Iron Man twenty twenty event, and this this new series dipped right under it and and continued south. Um, it was it, yeah. it's bad. Anyway, um, yeah, planet size X Men. The whole X Men universe is changing forever. If it didn't happen every single month, I'd be more excited. Yeah. Because that, that's the problem with all the hype, hyperbolic marketing is every issue turns into you can't miss this. The whole universe changes. It's like that shit ain't happening 20 something issues in a row. You, you got to tone it down. It's 
Now, I did make a mistake here. So uh, Bell Sirens is coming out from Xenoscope, I believe, uh, next week. And oh. it is not a vault comic, so I, I just... Oh, I see, I see. I did, not, yeah. I did not cut and paste correctly. So this is uh, this is my stupidity. But uh, I, I thought Heavy was already over by now, but I guess it's still going, huh? Yeah, or or this is a reissue. Sometimes they put these these lists together, and it's uh they don't mark it as a second printing, but it is. And okay, you know, but it, in theory, it's new. But I don't know. Yeah, because a uh, autumnal's been been good. I I'd recommend that. Oh, it's uh, so good. It's, it's, uh, that, that's my favorite right now. Yeah, yeah it's it's a uh, it's great horror book. Yeah. Now I've read all the uh the this, this Heroes Reborn series. I can't. The, the purpose of it is to to get more books sold. Sure. That that's that's what the purpose is, I think. I, I, I mean, I, I I don't know. They're they're putting it out weekly, so I I don't know. You know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I I have to be real. I have divorced myself so much from comic book Twitter and even Facebook. I haven't heard that, that they were even doing this. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is my first time seeing. I I was surprised. I mean, I have made a conscious effort to kind of like separate myself. And just do my own shit. I was surprised at how few of the Eisner noms I've even heard of. You know, yeah. yeah. How about uh, one more? Only one more page of new comics in one week. Uh, but this question: So, uh, how long do we move to European large volume sales model? Do you think that's something that could happen? Yeah, you know, I always have said that I think that um, it's it's a problem that people will buy single issues and, and just stack them up, stack them up. By the time that they read them, the trade is already out. You know, it's, it's so yeah. fast paced that I think that more and more people are going to want to, or prefer if these places just, just went straight to trade. You know, yeah. I, I forget yeah. who was doing it. I know that scout um, has talked about this. I know that other publishers, humanoids has mentioned this, that they, they will do like an issue and then go go to trade. That's yeah. cool to me. You know, that's um yeah. that that appeases both the collectors and the readers, you know, um as far as me. Um you know, I walk a line with the single issues for Destiny New York. I am reaching out to the audience that still does read single issues because the trades already exist. So yeah. that's an audience that I don't want to go away, but at the same time, it isn't the same audience that that's, you know, been there for years. The audience has changed. And um Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that what we don't really realize is that so few people who aren't already reading comics know that comics are still a thing. That's modern, you know. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, uh, you know, it's happened. I should say, oftentimes, at least three times, and that's enough. Where I, I've been traveling to a convention, and you know, someone next to me, either on the plane or, or in Uber asks like you know you know where i'm going what i do and when i say that i'm going to a, a comic convention like oh you know you're a comedian and i'm like i mean i have a podcast but now nah, dude you know like i i write comics and they're like 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 marvel they still do those like they like, <laughs> like oh. what we see as modern and normal and part of our everyday lives not everyone does whereas Imagine the same thing for TV. Imagine I worked on fucking uh, on Law and Order. I, I I was a screenwriter in the Law and Order's writers room. If I was traveling and someone asked what I do, and I say I write for TV, and they said, 
they still make TV. Crazy person, you know? Yeah. That doesn't happen for TV. It doesn't happen for movies. It doesn't happen for books. Not even True. for theater. Those things everyone knows about. Comics, it's more niche than we realize. Yeah, and unfortunately, it seems to be steering into it uh, more and more. But uh, well, yeah, that that that's a whole problem. That's a whole other discussion. Is that people seem to be cool with it and, and cool with continuing to shrink and shrink instead of doing right. something about it, which is a yeah. uh, problem. Well, last page, and there's some a lot of manga type things on here. I wanted to say, so if, if Rumiko Takahashi, who I'm a huge fan of, and, and we've talked about her before, uh, Mason Ayakoko is my favorite that she's done. This is definitely, though, um, this is the slice of life of slice of life, I would say, of a yeah, book. Sure. Like, but it's it's so much fun. So it's it's a it's a fun little book. Thanks. I, well, you I got that. Yeah. You got, uh, what was it, uh, Valiant. The Visitor number three is finally coming out. I think that's Paul Levitz writing that one. Yeah. That was a yeah. whole thing. They made a big deal about getting Paul Levitz. And then, like, I, I imagine the pandemic and all that's what slowed it down. But, yeah, it's only on number three now. Like, oh, my God. But um, what else we got here? We got um, you know, Fuzzy Baseball number four, Paper Cuts, Jim Salakrup, friend of the show. Yes, um, that's right. You know, that's uh, he, he's great. Um, you got Cells at Work, which is a, a, a show my kids love, but it's uh, you, you put it on and they, they like they, they trick mom into going like, hey, this this is going to teach us about uh, anatomy and, and viruses and things, because the story is about like the white blood cells and the and the red blood cells in the human body. But why they like it is because the germs will come in and then the white blood cells who are dressed up like kind of military people will murder the shit out of them with knives oh. and just. <laughs> just oh. gory stuff. It's 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 hilarious. Oh <laughs> my god! But yeah, that's... you know, sorry. Uh, of this group, I actually recognize um, White Widow. That's um, yeah. Uh, Jamie Tyndall does at least the covers. I think he created it too. I, I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, I actually saw um, some controversy going on about their Kickstarter recently. I'm not sure what's going on there, but I I always hate to see that kind of shit because like, you know. I don't even look into it. I'm sure that there's some reason behind everything, but it's just so, you know, it, it reflects badly on all Kickstarter creators when one yeah. campaign has controversy, just because yeah. I always hear, and I think I might have talked about this last time too. I'm not hundred percent sure, but the, the thing I hear the most is, Oh, this Kickstarter has a problem. I'm done with Kickstarter. Where, yeah. um, dude, imagine, imagine, IDW was late. I'm done with corporate comics. It's like that doesn't fucking happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, but you blame the smaller creators because a different smaller creator, you didn't have the experience that you wanted. So that does kind of scare me because my business is so entangled in Kickstarter that I do get scared when I see, you know, some tension between backers and creators. And in this situation, I didn't even see who was right or wrong. It Mm -hmm. could be them, it could be the, the backers. Who fucking knows? I don't know. But yeah. I just the tension between backers and, and and creators does scare me as far as that goes. Yeah, yeah. It, and I, I the one thing I love Kickstarter to do is somebody mentioned quite a while ago is that the uh, the search and just sorting of of Kickstarter like they need to hire some tech people to come in there because it is it is tough in many cases to find stuff like they've they've lost the yeah. plot. With there, that. Yeah, there have been times where I've tried to look up campaigns like I've backed. And it's difficult. Yeah, it's rough. What you got to do is you got to search it on Google and then click the link. You know, yes. it's, th- that's, I mean, you shouldn't have to though, but you do. 
you do. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. I, so we, we mentioned on TV earlier, I wanted to get your take on this too. There's everything's getting adapted for TV. There was this whole controversy. You, you saw the power Powerpuff Girls business earlier, right? Uh, I did not, but I'm looking at this picture and Lo- Loki looks damn super saiyan three. Where is eyebrows? Yeah. He, well, Loki's looking a little sad here. For sure. Um, He's looking not- low key sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very good. Very yeah, good. Yeah. Writer. <laughs> Yeah, I I did not see the power Powerpuff Girls thing though. No, no. no, so the script leaked, and it was uh, they were trying to be modern with it, but it had like uh, they they're they're trying to leak Bubbles' nude pictures and whoa 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 yeah hey man what yeah they're, they're older now so now like they're 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 what teenagers what are they Joe they're like or did I you. Think- I guess they're late teens, early twenties now or something. I guess. Hopefully fucking early twenties. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they're 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 and then um they they kind of there's this this weird side plot where um Buttercup, I think, was angry at the cartoon because they whitewashed her because they, they cast a black woman in the role and so they're kind of making reference that the cartoon was racist. Like it, it it's a it's a very confusing, screwed up CW plot. I'm, dude, I'm stuck on what you said before. Who the fuck wrote this? Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah, that's how it, that's how it strikes. Yeah, it was funny because George it, Jones. It, it made people angry, but it made it made everyone angry. Like it, this wasn't like the one side was angry and the yeah. other side was like, like everybody was like, "This sucks." I. Uh, it's yeah. Um, oh, it was, God, it was yeah. But what I, do you think that because uh, you mentioned like nobody would come and say they still make TV shows, uh, but you do see the comics. Is 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 all these TV adaptions? Is this helpful? Do you think, or is it a way? Like what 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 do you what do you make of any of this? I think it's too much. I think that um, I think it's too much of one thing. Like, does every DC series need five TV shows? Get the fuck out of here, dude! It's yeah. like. It's too much superhero stuff. It's way too yeah. much. It's like there's, yeah. you know, it's like it's like. Listen, I love I love Chinese food. Obviously, fucking look at me, right? Yeah. But if I have Chinese food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I, I'm cool for like a few days. But if if the other options begin to dwindle, and I'm like, damn, like. I'm like kind of getting tired of fucking sweet and sour chicken. How, how about some meatballs that, you know, like it's, yeah. we're seeing nothing but superhero. Like what HBO is doing superhero content, make fucking more Sopranos, make more shows like that. Sure. That should be the, the, the network where prestige writers who have proven themselves make their dream project. Where, where's the new six feet under? I feel like we haven't seen like, a really unique HBO show since like maybe Insecure, like or or Barry, like yeah, I, I, don't know. Great, yeah. I don't know, but um, but yeah, no. Instead of that, what if we uh, resurrect Adventure Time? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> let, let things die, like let yeah. things die. <laughs> it's like we didn't even get a chance to miss Adventure Time before they were like, oh, new Adventure Time, like. Yeah, and that kind of ruins the beauty of comics in some ways, too, because I, I remember, you know, there was a time where cult TV ended and got new life in comics. Yeah, yeah. Supernatural, I mean, that was still going on, but like Buffy, Angel, there, there was talk of a Veronica Mars show as a comic, but they yeah. instead brought it back as a Hulu show and killed 
one of the only two characters that everyone gives a fuck about. You know, it's like they they were better off ending and just having it be that that thing that someone yearns for. Because like, I mean, dude, it's like this. It's like you miss you miss this person that you were in love with as a kid. You oh, idealize the relationship. When you meet them as an adult, maybe that person is disappointing as fuck, you know? Sure. And maybe they're leaking nudes of each other. So that's the problem. I like this it. idea. I, I think Disney yeah. should take the horror IP and do Tales from the Crypt with, with some of the Marvel horror stuff. Sure. Why no, they should do that. Different? HBO, I would rather see HBO Max if you're going to take, if you're going to mine DC properties because you own it, bring back yeah. like House of Mystery and just do like horror shit. Yeah, something unique. Something unique. Yeah, like I, that, I, that would I, be I, great. But I, now uh, instead, I, they put out so much Teen Titans stuff, I can't get a good Teen Titans comic or a good Teen Titans show. Yeah. Like, no, what the hell? They've ruined everything. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I like yeah, uh, too much. It's too much. I liked uh, Mayor of Eanstown. I, I I was very reluctant because of this reason. I mean, I'm I'm burnt out with a lot of these shows, so it's like ah, greedy yeah. cop drama. But uh, that was a solid. That was a solid show where every I liked that 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 show went boldly forward with everyone is unhappy and sucks. That's that's great though. But what isn't great is um. Again, all, all of these adaptations, it all sucks. I, I mean, I I love Sweet Tooth. That is a comic I, I've read multiple times. I've lent it to people. Um, the show came out. I still haven't watched it. That one, I feel, you know, it looks good. I'll probably watch that. That That's much more in, in the line of what I would see versus, sure. like, like, if they did an adaptation of, of Lemire's, like, Swamp Thing run. Oh, or, God, no. Like, dude, like, I don't want to see any more superhero stuff. I, I enjoy, mm -hmm. you know, I love going to the movies and seeing a, a Marvel movie. I, sure. I, I love it. I, I I think it's great at the pace it comes out. But if you go to watch TV and everything's the same shit, it's like, I'm going to I'm gonna end up not wanting to see any more of this. You know, it's... Yeah, it's they, they blow everything up. No, for it's sure. Um, people said, so somebody, the Loki, they're saying he's, he's gender fluid. Um, it's a he he it, I think this is where some stuff's getting mixed up, but I don't know how you wade into this. I mean, like he shows up as a woman sometimes and a man sometimes because he's a god and he can change his form and he he changes his form all the time. I, I don't know. I don't know that it's much more complicated than that, but maybe yeah, it is. That's I what know. I would interpret it as too, because he had um uh for for the entirety or at least maybe the first um two thirds of the um JMS run. Yeah. Um, you had Loki as a woman, you know. Yep. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty sure that, that that that's what that's referring to. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's more than that, but definitely some people will make it a lot more than that. For it's, no it's pulled from the mythology, uh, like the actual mythology of of Loki, and um, yeah, I mean it's it's fine. I I don't care if they're. Uh, the yeah. gender fluid. It doesn't well, matter. I, I mean, mean, I think in show. some Thor comics, they've established that Loki's had sex with aliens that have completely genders we haven't thought of yet. So, I mean, because he's a god and he does whatever he wants. Yeah, it's uh, mm -hmm. not a human. Um, has been uh, turned into a woman, has been turned into a little boy. Yeah. Um, after he was reborn during Kieran Gillen's run, which is probably my favorite Thor-related thing since then. Yeah. In, in the comics, at least. Yeah. Um, 
that, 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 Dillon, yeah. I guess he's gender fluid. I mean, in the most literal definition of that, yeah, he's he's all these he, he, he shifts around to whatever he wants. That, that show, though, did you did you guys watch that first episode? I did. Did you see? It? I have not yet seen it. No, but yeah. I mean, I will. I will. But but to be a hundred percent real, um, I did a podcast. Um, my friend hosts this Marvel TV show podcast, and she had just done um, uh, WandaVision. So I did episode seven of WandaVision with her and just talked about it. So that two days I rushed through WandaVision and I burned myself out. So I haven't seen anything Marvel since then. I definitely will catch up, though, on the end of WandaVision and um, uh, F- Falcon and then Loki for sure. But Loki's probably the one that I'm most excited for. Oh, man. You, know, you see, so you haven't finished WandaVision. No, no. All right. So, so you, so you um, want to be spoiled that there's a big CGI fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it turns out that Wanda was Vision the whole time. Oh, yeah. shit. But, but, but yeah, um, the, the thing that kills me with Loki, uh, this is non-spoilery. Okay. But the thing that kills me with that show is they keep using, like, flashbacks. Yeah. And... A lot of that shit's a decade old, and when you have Tom Hiddleston sitting right the fuck there, and then you show him ten years younger, it's yeah. like you know, like if they didn't show oh, that shit, yeah. I wouldn't notice that. But you're literally making me look at like Tom Hiddleston ten years younger, looking at like himself almost in these like flashbacks, and you're like, oh damn, he does look older, and it's well, like that's and- a bad choice. The continuity of the show is that he's from that time because he's been plucked out from 10 years ago. And yeah. so he's looking at himself from like yesterday and it's, it's, yeah, they, they, it's, it's tough. This is where HD TVs have kind of let us down now. Cause you, yeah. you see, you see too much. You're like, yeah, go, go back to seven twenty and Yeah. And we get used to seeing too much too. Cause I remember um, when I first saw dude, my first Blu-ray ever, this is so fucking funny. It was, um, it was I love you, man, with with yeah. Paul Rudd and Jason yeah. Segel, yeah, and yeah. and my friend put it on, and I was like, God damn, it's too it's too much, it's too it's too crisp, too clear. I didn't like it, but now that's like that's what we all expect. We've been really spoiled by how how clear everything is. That you know things that were normal like 15, 10 years ago. We, we look at it now and it almost feels as if our glasses are fogged up. Yeah, no, for sure. It, 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 it's, it's a weird thing. Uh, hey, Joe, uh, Chuck Gibson, somebody I'd like to work with actually. Uh, he, he asks, uh, and I think you, you joined the chat late. So you missed Joe, are you working on any comic work? Yeah. I mean, I'm technically not working on Beckstar at this point because uh, we finished the five issues, but um I wrapped the third issue of an unannounced project um, yesterday. I, you know, sent it to the publisher and everything. So I'm excited about that. Uh, obviously, you know, the Deadbeats 2 is on Kickstarter. Um, I am doing page breakdowns on on another thing that will hopefully be crowdfunded yeah. at some point soon. Um, yeah. I'm waiting to hear back on a pitch. Uh, I'm actively pitching and and doing all that sort of stuff so so yeah i i, I might i'm editing a graphic novel that's unannounced I, I actually i might be editing two unannounced graphic novels and then i had uh, a call about editing a third graphic novel 
um, yesterday for with uh, Norman Mailer's son, John Buffalo, who uh, was interested in having me uh, potentially edit something there. So, so yeah, there I'm I'm working on stuff. I also produce web comics. I'm in the middle of stuff like that right now. I might be uh, producing a new uh, Brian Clevenger comic. Uh, I'm a big fan of his work. Uh, I used to come home from high school and read uh, Ape Theater. So it'd be uh, great to uh, get to work with him. So, so yeah, I'm, I am keeping busy in comics. That's awesome, man. Thank yeah, you. That's awesome. And hopefully uh, something with me here pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, sure. We yeah. should, um, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, yeah. fi- we'll figure something out. We'll, uh, maybe something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe something. Um, I don't know the answer to this question real quick. We move on to it, but uh, did they make, wait, did they make or setting up to make Tim Drake gay in recent Batman comics? I don't think so. Isn't he dating? He's dating spoiler, isn't he? Or he was, but they are—they're doing something. Uh, I I know someone shared like panels where it looked like Tim Drake was waiting to go on a date with a guy. Um, Hmm. So maybe he's bi or something. But like, but at this point, they like this is what okay. This is what fucking kills me about this stuff. I'm gonna go pat Shand on y'all, but this is perfect. But this is the, the thing that kills me with with people that are are pushing uh, things like like I'm phrasing this wrong, but but when people are like championing, you know, diversifying the line and doing this and that, way too often it comes off like, well, we ran out of ideas, so what if we made them? Gay, I don't know. I, don't know. I know, and, and that's not what I I, I want. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people want representation. That's like, ah, eh, we ran out of ideas. So, like, I don't know how to make him interesting. Make him date a guy, I guess. I don't know. Uh, that that's the thing that sucks. Um, and, and it's tough because you get like that. There there are then contingents of people who who would hate that anyway. Uh, who who don't want queer characters, but then there's a lot of very valid criticism of like, are are you just trying to do this to make the character interesting? Because fuck you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I I I don't like that, you know. But but something akin to that that I think makes sense is the new Aquaman, you know, making it Aqualad because that at least is all right. We've tried everything to make Arthur Curry interesting. We're going to have a new guy be Aquaman and, and, and see how that's going to go. That, I think, makes more sense. But, like, when they do that stuff, like, again, like what they did with Iceman, where it felt very meticulous what Bendis did in terms of, like, well, let me take a character who's, like, important but not too important and... Do, do that yet you know so so yeah it's it's a long complicated sort of thing that is frustrating and difficult to talk about and places like twitter for example would be a horrible place to have a conversation like this yeah i feel like someone on twitter could definitely take what you said and like twist it to what you don't mean especially yeah. if you don't even fucking know who you are you know like yeah. it's yeah it's lame it's uh th- that's why i feel like i love podcasts like this where you could really you know, state your opinion and refuse to be taken out of context. Yeah, you, exactly. You, you can just go for as long as you want. Yeah. 
It's uh, yeah, I, I hate the uh, the because most people aren't on the level when they're arguing with you over this stuff anyway. Because I mean, it's it's you're not making a big controversial point. It's it, it anyway. It's it's all ridiculous. So, um, Pat, um, we do this bit. I, I've got some panels. Um, it's your call. This isn't one of them. It's just I, I get sillier and sillier things. The yeah. idea is intentional or not. So the the idea is like, were the was a writer or the artist or the letter or somebody were they. Were they having some some fun at at somebody else's expense, like to to kind of put something up? And this obviously is still that's just awkwardly placed where Batman is not. Well, I mean, if you look right, yeah, look look at the depth of the Undertale shadow, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're he's, right. He's lifting that titty up. Okay, that is a clear and pressing grab. Okay, there you go. Yeah. You see, it's, wow. You're calling intentional. I and you know you're you're right. The shadowing is wow. They, they they underlined one of the fingers there with a lighter color there. I mean, dude, I worked for Zenoscope for years. If anyone knows drawn titties, it's your boy. Okay, yeah. that titty is lifted up. The 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 thumb is <laughs> under the breast. It's happening. Yeah. yeah. There you go. In depth analysis from Pat Chan. Excellent. Batman got to second base confirmed. Okay, so here we go. So here's our first one. This is a, I don't know if you remember this issue. Um, this was a, a very special issue of Spider-Man. <laughs> Do you remember this? No, but just the hair, dude, you know? Yeah. This was an odd one that people have kind of memory hold. And I'm, I'm curious, do you remember this, Joe? This is where basically uh, Peter had a uncle or friend or older friend. Um, who was, uh, you know, come on. <laughs> he's, he's basically trying to get Peter to take off his clothes. It's, 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 it's weird. Wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah. That's Spider-Man, right? This is Spider-Man. That's Peter Parker as a kid. This is a flashback where he was remembering the fact that he had this older friend who oh. uh, gave him some porn. And you can see in the magazine, Girly. And Peter looks kind of alarmed. This is clearly his first adult magazine. And uh, his buddy is kind of leaning over and going, like, come on, Einstein, let's conduct a little experiment of our own. Let's see if we can touch each other like the people in that magazine. No fucking way, dude. <laughs> this is Spider-Man. This is... Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, Who the fuck wrote this? I don't... I, I, I will have to, we'll have to go look up. I just kind of... I, I stumbled across this earlier today. I had completely... Forgotten this existed, but uh, it, it's this flashback is being told because Spider-Man is is going to run into a kid who's uh, been molested or something. He's like, it happened to me too, and then he tells this story. And you're like, what? What? How much of a pedophile name is Skip? You know, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, this is an act. This is not me relettering stuff. This was a. This was a real. This is a real thing. It kind of puts that whole is one more day the worst thing that happened to Spider-Man in perspective. No, now it, makes, uh, it makes it make sense why you want it. You know, like let's just erase the whole thing. Let's yeah. just let's just <laughs> it does it actually it does put that in some context. When Mephesto's offering you this deal and you're like, wait, you can erase other things too? Yeah, I just get rid of all this. So yeah, that'd be good. This way you have a crisis. All right. So this was a cheat. This is clearly intentional, right? Yeah, clearly intentional. I mean, the, the guy came over wearing fucking purple pants. Like what? Yes. He, the whole get up, he, his expression in panel one pedophile yes know? oh yeah 100% Th this is egregious yeah it's uh <laughs> this is this is this is terrible okay oh here's uh, something a little further back um 
<laughs> so Superman is uh, is basically uh, showing off here, and I believe that's for the president. Um, and uh, the president's like, is that president? Eisenhower? That's Eisenhower, I believe. Okay. So he's like, uh, hey, uh, look, you can look what I can do with this pipe, which is always, you know, Superman, you know. But uh, Eisenhower decides to just bend Superman over his knee, spank him, and Superman's like, I love it. What? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, what, what even the joke is. I know? The joke is Spider-Man loves it, I, or Superman loves it, I guess. I mean, it yeah, seems, see, I, I, I made it weird this week. This seems as if, I mean, I, I have no fucking words, dude. I'm 50 years old, but you're still taking orders from me. That, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even... You, you know what's funny? It, it seems like it was written Marvel style. Like the artist just went off the reservation, drew this shit, and, and the writer's like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's all odd. Um, and, and it's Jeff Thorne. Hello, Jeff. It's it's always good. Hey. We got we to gotta get you back on again to embarrass you with Dynamite covers. But uh, yeah, um, yeah I, Superman had a lot of spanking in it. Like a, a remarkable, like you go back, you look through the 60s and there was a, a remarkable amount of either Superman or Lois is getting spanked. Superman's dad is a giantist spanking him. There's there's just a tremendous amount of, of that's spanking. Got, that's got to be Mort Weitzinger, right? Because I feel like under his reign, you had that and you also had uh, just superheroes were constantly being turned into toddlers. Yeah. Yeah. There was, um, there was Everyone some was, stuff going on yeah. in that office. Yeah. Uh, yeah, love that. Yeah, okay. How about uh, Superman Red Bum? Nice. Yeah, <laughs> this right here, this shit is how you you know create a fan base obsessed with red underwear. You know, That's like it, still when the red trunks came back, trending everything. People give so much of a fuck. This kind of shit is how people become obsessed because this is just. This is weirdo shit right here. <laughs> this, is, this is weird. This is when next time uh, somebody's like, ah, I hate the comics today. They got too political. You're like, oh, yeah, sure. And you show them this stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah not yeah. as political as Eisenhower spanking Superman. <laughs> yeah, this is like a Sunstone prequel. Yeah. yeah. Although um, uh, it's a shame that Adelaide Stevenson never got to spank Superman. That's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, uh, this one is, uh, is a, I've seen this panel a million times and it always cracks me up. This was the one where I think the letterer or the writer wrote it in such a way to make an extra little joke. And, and so the villain is saying, uh, not, only have, uh, not only are you doomed, but so is everyone else you've touched. And with thought bubbles, everybody's thinking like, uh, you know, the Adam's like, oh, Gene Loring. And uh, Flash, like, I gave Iris West a kiss of death. And, and Greenlight Hal's like, Carol Ferris in deadly danger. And Batman, who looks very alarmed, more alarmed than the rest of them, is like, Robin, what have I done to you? All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? <laughs> All right. I am going to say, and this might be a hot take, I think that, and it's bad that it is, but this, I feel, is unintentional. Okay. There you go. I do. I do. That, that's fair. I mean, it's, you know, Batman at that time, I feel, had a very like Michael Jackson y relationship with Robin, where it's like, look, we don't do anything. We just like sleep in the same bed and we wear weird costumes together. You gotta like, gotta back off. Yeah. But like, 
but yeah, it's uh, oof. it's yeah. not great. It's no, not great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. It, you know, I mean, back in the time this is in, I'm sure people didn't look at it the same way, but now it's you know, it, it's well, weird. Maybe we have a crisis event to uh, to retcon this because they, <laughs> they didn't get rid of all of it, dude. Keep coming up with different like crises to like change very like increasingly minor things in in their timelines. So. Well, I mean, obviously, this is you know yeah. already erased, but like, hey, maybe, maybe not, was, the omniverse—it all counts now. Yeah, well, maybe in that case, he's talking about Stephanie Brown or, or Carrie Kelly. Oh, there you go. Yeah, which oh, is also God. like kind of gross, but still. Yeah, because I think like Carrie Kelly was like twelve or something, right? Or... Yeah, but you know that was yeah. like towards the end of life on Earth or whatever. So fuck sure. it. Yeah, who cares? And then. Yeah. And then Stephanie Brown, I mean, he just did it to get back at Clue Master. But, you know. <laughs> City of Bruce. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is an interesting take. So lack of spanking may be the reason why Superman sales are down. They, they should put this up. Um, Superman would have given her. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lots of, oh, whoa. <laughs> you went dark there, Kiefer. Jesus. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it was all good. In you. Intentional. Intentional is right. Um, I also found this. We do this is not intentional. We only have three, but here's um, letters page. The letters page is a source of of some great comedy. So I love this one here, which is uh, recently I sent you a letter suggesting that Supergirl would be the most likely candidate to marry Superman, and you answered that she is too young. I like how they the DC answered she was too young as opposed to related, but okay. Um, this is absurd. She is older physically and mentally than any regular human. She is pretty and goes to Superman on missions anytime she wants to. Also being invulnerable, it would be difficult for Superman's enemies to harm her. So why not have a wedding? <laughs> he's from Again, Alabama. That, that's, yeah, this guy, you know, he's very, he's very intense about it. And this kind of shit is how fan fiction is born. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but speaking of that, um, this is a this is a panel again from a real Superman book. And what always strikes me here is uh, Supergirl saying, "I have a confession to make. I wanted to arrange a happy marriage for you. I failed both times." And Superman's going, "Well, if I did marry, if I ever did marry, it would be to someone super lovable like you." Oh, we can't. <laughs> I love this line because it's almost like he's trying to talk himself into it. We can't <laughs> marry because we're cousins. Though cousins can marry in certain countries here on Earth. Oh, we're uh. <laughs> both from the planet Krypton, where the marriage of cousins was unlawful. But he's like, you know, stroking her chin there. Superman's like trying to—he's—he's he's thinking about it, dude. I mean, I—all the blame I put on Bruce Cutler is waived. This is in the fucking books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is very Arrested Development. Yeah, I do like the oh. we can't marry. Unless, <laughs> hmm. I, I, the writer is projecting in this panel. I think so too. Yeah, the writer for sure had a big fucking boner when he was writing. Oh, there. A- absolutely! <laughs> so gross, dude. What? Our yeah. love is real. Yeah, imagine, our Imagine that is in a comic today. That writer would be canceled day of. You would think. Well, yeah, yeah, probably. I, I. <laughs> you know, it, it's God. although Lois is my main squeeze, you're a blonde hottie. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Well then he um, tried to uh he tried to cuckold lightning lad. Yeah. Uh, he's Superman. done a lot of Superman's uh 
bit awkward. Yeah, Superman on. was a huge dick for many this, many years. This comment is so fucking funny from um uh Duck Island help step Superman I'm stuck. That, that is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's so fucking funny. Yeah, this was back uh, then. As somebody pointed out, this was back. They did have that storyline with Hal Jordan dating the fourteen-year-old back in the day. Oh my god! So they DC was weird. Yeah, you know, you forget what was acceptable very recently, and more than that, we accept what was we we forget what was acceptable years ago. Like maybe this kind of shit was more normal in stories years ago. I don't know, but. Oh, yeah. But definitely from like a now perspective, like to to be real, when people say things like, you know, we've evolved past the existence of a show like Blank, and it's a show that I grew up loving, my mm-hmm. thought is not fuck no, no, we haven't. That stands up today. Yes. But maybe someone is, you know, old as hell, you know, and, and is hearing us now, and they're thinking, you know, there was more context, but to me, as someone who's alive right now. And so fucking young, I, I see that, and I'm like, no, there's no context that can be added to that. That's just, it's, uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think the context was he wanted to have sex with her. So. That's what I'm thinking too, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought Age of Consent in Japan was 14, right? I, you know, manga is overtaking. No, no. Well, I mean, Age of Consent is lower, but age, but acceptance is not. Like it, it is. I mean, it, that that's a, that's the stuff you jerk off to in your hotel room. That's not what you do in real life. That'd be crazy. Sure. Well, I mean, you got to because the the porn there, you can't show penetration or whatever, right? It's like no. a whole weird thing. They they would replace genitalia with like fruit, like, but not the but, fruit. But yeah, but that's that's yeah. how you get, you know, tentacle. That's stuff. that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. This- oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because I've um. You know, not not that I've ever seen even one single porn, right? But um, the, <laughs> I, it, it's like you see a pixelated dick in, in sex acts, and it's like, hey, guess what? Everyone knows, you know? Yeah. And that's why the tentacles, that's genius. Yeah. I never got that. Uh, by the way, uh, yes, Wes is doing comic aficionados. I think I'm on. Are you on, Joe? Yeah, we're we're both on tomorrow, so oh, we'll, okay, we'll see. Go. I'm gonna probably read some comics tonight I don't like, so I can talk about them tomorrow. The oh, that sounds like a great time. Yeah, the the Hal Jordan storyline, uh, where it, it is weird because he does seem to recognize that, and somebody's saying he was she was 13, not 14. That, oh, you know, he's like, uh, you know, he he does. There is dialogue that says, uh, "I don't want to be seen as a child molester." It's like, wait, hold on, hold on. Before I have that reaction. Yeah, um, I, I don't know much about superheroes from this time. Um, Spider Man, I assume, teenager. How? What age was Hal Jordan? Uh, he'd have to be at the very young. I mean, yeah, he had the gray streaks in there. He'd have to be late twenties at the earliest. All right, yeah, because so, he was already well established in the Air Force, though. Yeah, he had he had oh, had a well, long yeah, military so, career. So the same reaction I had is, is applicable. That yeah. is crazy. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 I, I want to make sure that he that he wasn't like 15, 16 years old, you know? But yeah. if he's in his 20s, I mean, especially with gray, the balls to have gray hair and do that shit in the comic. Get out of here, dude. Well, and, and, <laughs> and people give, uh, you know, Jeff crap for uh, his comments about Hal Jordan, but I mean, he he was he was hitting on a 13-year-old. I'm just, it's just true. Saying. 
you know, I, Jeff, Jeff's not in the wrong. Good. Anyway, um, okay. That's crazy. That's crazy. We'll get, we have some comments. We can just keep talking about kind of whatever. I put up some comics. These are comics that came out, you know, during this, this day or this week in okay. previous years. So a lot of kind of cool stuff, but it's just a place for us to look at some cool covers and things and, yeah. and keep chatting. I, I think, um, I don't know. It, it, I, Pat, as we're showing you all this stuff, um, it strikes me that, uh, you you took a lot of crap at uh, for, for the Xenoscope covers, yeah. but meanwhile this shit's going on. Yeah, you know I don't. You know I think that Xenoscope puts out comics that are much different than people think. They have a wide range horror, superhero, um, you know, fantasy. And what's funny is that the big companies all do the same shit and they don't get the same reaction. Sometimes they do. Cause that, that isn't entirely fair. I did have the example of the, um, uh, Milo Monera spider woman cover. Yep. That, that cover, you know, got, got fucking railed. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, got, <laughs> uh, horrible choice of words, you know, yeah. but, um, it, yeah. but it did, it did Tw Twitter. will still talk about it. So they do get it sometimes, but I do feel that there is a um, a gap in the way that people react to Xenoscope versus other publishers, and yeah. it's not fair. I don't think it's fair. No, hey, but um, very unfair. Yes, I, I gotta follow up with that because um, what was it? Um, this is got to be like about a year ago. Um, what was it? I, I, I'm blanking on who it was that uh, Adam xenoscope who who had tweeted like oh looking for writers and artists ralph, and yeah. ralph i thought it was ralph but i i, I was like it's ralph was joe but but yeah so ralph tweets this yeah and you know not fucking with you here and, and, and pal back me up on this is like the amount of people who like within the past week of that before that tweet hit were shitting on xenoscope who mm -hmm slid into those replies being like oh please hire me for writing or, or doing art please there you go That's, you know it was like fuck very, all you people very perceptive very yeah. perceptive and that was a public display of what i had spent a while doing is oh. that um i would and this is like kind of like maybe a bit conniving on my part but i did you know i mentioned before i had a chip on my shoulder and wanted to prove people wrong and my thought was that comics people were were different than the perception that they were giving off. And what would happen is this. I would go to a convention with Xenoscope and I'd be excited to booth, you know, to sell the books, to, to, to sign books, all that yeah. shit. And then what I would do, and this was a mistake, right? I would, while there... I would want to market for them. So I would search term search Xenoscope on Twitter and I would see people, other creators at the show say something negative. So in my head, I'm like, all right, so I'm going to bookmark that one day. I'm going to reach out and see if they want to write for Xenoscope in every situation. The answer was yes. And they would backlog and delete the old tweets. Every situation. <laughs> Jesus. It's oh, like, yeah. It's like you guys are fucking bitches, you know, right? and that's real. That's yeah. real. Because every every time, every single time, the same thing played out, and that's how it played out when Ralph posted to Twitter. In that, you know, people are much 
the reason that they're posting negative things about companies is because they feel that they're going to get Twitter traction. People feel that if they say a negative thing about a cover like this, they'll, they'll get traction from this audience, which will boost them and get them seen by other publishers who are more like-minded. The truth yeah. is they don't want justice they want the gig so when the gig comes from the people they were tweeting about the tweets disappear yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely absolutely. true absolutely true it's amazing how many things magically vanish after these outrages and and people get hung up but you go back and look and it's it's absolutely attention and and i i hate it and i wish more people would and it's not punish people for it but just just you gotta just ignore this stuff and and stop giving it the traction it gets yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard to. Um, I think that the best thing that a writer could do, and you know, an artist too, but I really do think that it's more uniquely a writer's problem For in sure. that, um, you know, like the artist, if if they're writing their own thing, this is their problem too. But I think that since a writer, um, you know, they're seeing other writers, media writers review their writing. I think it is more uniquely a writer's problem. I think that writers have to stop looking for information about themselves, looking for reviews. And that's part of the hard thing is that these publishers, they want you to have well-reviewed books. They want you to be on comic book roundup, even though let's a hundred percent real. No one reads those reviews except the people who played a part in the book. Doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Doesn't happen. So, but comics publishers want you to be reviewed on there. So you have to, in some ways, at least, you know, retweet reviews here and there. And then you have to look to make sure that they're not saying anything negative about your collaborators when you retweet. That's too much work. (laughs) It's so much work because they often are, you know, and, um, what what I find is like, it does stick in your head. Like, um, what I try to tell myself though is like, for example, I recently read a review that I feel didn't understand Breathless. Like, they had this one comment where it's like, oh, th- this character is meant to be this, but doesn't do it well. And my internal response was, but that character was never meant to do that shit. That that's you putting the idea onto the character and she doesn't do that because she wasn't meant to do that. That's what yeah. you thought. Yeah. You know? So, but I have to tell myself, Oh, that person doesn't matter because they, they don't get it. The book was written for the people who get it. And that yeah. is something that I wish I could do more. And I wish I could do so much less of the marketing because the marketing is what leads me to read that kind of shit. Yeah. I, it, I, I can't agree with you more. That was, that was, I have to draw your attention to Conan fighting a giant one-eyed serpent. I mean, yeah, that, that's what you do. <laughs> intentional. Yeah. That, that's intentional. Yeah. That's intentional. Well, hold on, yeah. Is this serpent like spitting out of a hole in its head? Or or what is that? It's It, it looks to be – what is going on here? No, it – Little rocks are hitting. Rocks are falling on its head, yeah. 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 That looks like – that looks like – some dick butter, you know? No, that that one eyed snake's just trying to get its rocks off, you know. That's that's, that's right. <laughs> we also have the uh, Sandman's worst costume ever. Yeah, they really tried to make that costume a thing for years. Yeah. <laughs> What's the hair thing? That's what I don't get. Like, why why did the the hair stripe down the middle? Like, what was the? It's like a boob window for hair. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <That's> exactly. <laughs> oh no, I'm never gonna forget that reference now. No, no. Yeah. Um, this, this Raiders of Lost Ark comic was pretty awesome, though. I had this. I remember getting this as a kid, and it was, it was yeah, it looked cool. What was it? Uh, Ditko used to do um, some of the Indiana Jones comics. I believe they? so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, you can't see it real well there, but uh, this is the Incredible Hulk fighting Avalanche and lies, land a uh, landslide, and landslide had this weird KKK looking uniform. That that's not good. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like a brown KKK helmet thing. Yeah, that's a bad plan there. Um, yeah, no, no of, one's going to be sympathetic to your cause in that. No, probably not. Probably not. Oh. Um, what's interesting here for me is that you know I was never the biggest fan of super vintage comics, but looking back here, it's interesting to see what art styles feel dated and which don't. Yeah, so the Raiders here. I feel like that could be published as a pulp comic today. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you could put that right out. Yeah. Whereas the coloring in these is just so old school. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. And, uh, well, this is actually more modern here. This was this is jumping a couple decades, but, you know, that time when IDW had Transformers and it was their top-selling comic of everything that came out during the week. Whoa. That, that looks super different from what I picture as an IDW Transformers book. It's crazy though, because they they were selling so well at that time. Like it's weird. Yeah, they were the number one comic oh, yeah. for a long time, uh, or you know, many months rather, I guess. Who, who's that? Frank Cho with the Spider Man black hat? Uh no, I think I don't think it's Cho. Cho I think it's the Dodson. Uh, I think it's, it's. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that that works. Yeah, and then um, Capullo Spawn. Yeah, uh, Capullo Spawn and a. It, that's quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. New X-Men, which um, again, it, it's baffling how much people uh, throw uncritical praise at that book. But yeah, that. Yeah. 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 I, that, <laughs> and, and I, I look Grant Morrison, Mark. And and yeah, I mean, new X-Men, there's there's some really weird stuff that happens in that book. Uh and completely nonsensical stuff that happens. It makes there is no reason yeah. that the whole thing with um, Magneto being Zorn, like it makes no sense if you read it. It was a very weird twist, and and he's right. Uh, it's Dreamwave, by the way, not IDW. I was I was completely off. That was Dreamwave, oh. of course. So that oh, makes okay. it. oh, logo. I see. It. Yeah, logo, yeah. I, I, see, I see. Yeah. I see. I see. I see. I mean, yeah. the logo was so close. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Yeah. The new X Men. I mean, I I can't help but agree. You know, I read I read the first trade, and I remember um, it felt experimental for no reason, and it had yeah. a, a huge tonal shift. But halfway through, it shifts to the the calendar style, and you have this Wolverine story. And I was yeah. just reading, and I was like, actually, you know what, Grant Morrison, I don't give a fuck about this story. So I, I was yeah. out. I was out. Yeah, no, it's it's weird. We ended up doing um, a retrospective of Astonishing and, and New X-Men last year. And, you know, Astonishing, like, we, we were a bit critical on that. We did that one first, but then we read New X-Men, and then we were like, oh, you know what? I, I think I Astonishing works better. Oh, yeah. I, you I know? Mean, I think for sure it does. It has yeah. it has its, its problems. Like, the, um, I mean, I'm not sure what, what you guys said, but the danger arc to me, eh, don't do it. 
not no, really. that's that's kind of where we landed on. <laughs> yeah. You know, but um, but yeah, it was very like, it's very, it's odd how accessible it hey, hold is. On, hold on one second, guys. I mean, you, you keep going, but I have to go check something. Oh yeah, sure, no sure. problem. But yeah, it was so weird how accessible Astonishing was. But like, there's a way you could describe it to someone where they would just be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And no, yet I, it's I, still accessible. I agree. Hey, I put I, this is. I'm thank you for bringing this up. Actually, I did this video what yesterday or the day before. I think I did. I must not have explained it. I'll have to go back and listen to it. But it's uh, seemed to confuse a lot of people or or what was going on here. But the the point of that was just that the the editors play a role in the book. Not that the writer is excused from any bad writing, but just that the editor also plays a role in it. And so sometimes, and Joe and I have talked about this before. People are like, ah, screw. Bendis for this or whatever it happens to be. And what you don't know and may or may not be the case, not every time, is that one, editors may have basically handed the writer like, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. Or, you know, it's or the editors let the, I, anyway. Joe, yeah, no. About this no, but, but yeah, that's, that's the thing. All, all the people that are, you know, like, uh, I know it's common, at least on, on YouTube and some other places for people to be really upset about Bendis on Superman and all that. But it's not one of those things where it's like, whoa, Bendis like broke into our offices and wrote all our Superman comics. I I guess we got to publish them. It's like, no, you guys, you you set all this up. You let this happen. No one, no one forced you to do it. Yeah, it <laughs> like, doesn't absolve a, I mean, it's not absolving, but I mean, it doesn't sure. mean like if you didn't like a book that the writer's uh, off scot-free. It just means like it's it's not a, it's not a one person uh, yeah. failure. It's a, it's a team effort. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wonder, I wonder if Nick Spencer was handed the book that, that gets this criticism, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, there's a wide range, right? Yeah, he could have been. Anyway, yeah. I, uh, speaking of iconic covers, this uh, X-Men with Paul Smith, who, uh, Joe, you you recently pointed out that you can get a commission for him for relatively cheap. You Yeah, you can get a, a commission of one or two characters from Paul Smith, who's considered a legendary artist that worked with Chris Claremont on X-Men in the 80s for like a grand. Yeah. And it's like considering like like and, and you know when when you think about it that way and you think about these artists who you know they're not going to be here forever they're not going to have their uh commissions open and forever and stuff like that and it's cover quality commission that's really good. Um, no, Paul, good. Paul Smith is on uh Twitter. Like go find him and and if you want a commission I mean, but but then like you could get a figure commission from like Bill Loeb's for like two hundred bucks. Like, yeah. you Less. know, I, I gotta yeah. hit him up because I, I think I want a Space Wonder Woman from him. Yeah, and uh, but but yeah, I mean, this is uh, what a, is that Avengers? Is that a Roger Stern or that's a little before Roger Stern? This is two thirty five, so I think this would be before Roger Stern, but only only by like couple issues yeah, yeah not, not by much and then what do we got here you got the the hulk is that a bill mantlow hulk i do not know this was two 287 well 287 i, I mean it's it's that area before peter Wilson, milgram yeah 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 but yeah no it's, it's good stuff 
This, this is, I think, some some of the problems. Um, just going to rant briefly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Kind of, I, I think, to get to some of what, what Pat was saying about, like, you know, superheroes just being, like, we're inundated, it's enough. Like, <clears throat> I think once you got to the 80s with these publishers, a lot of the stories by then, you started getting to the, like, okay, we're going to do either some of that deconstruction or we're going to do some of that, let's take it more seriously, or we're going to... You, know, you were touching on some of that stuff. Yeah. And we never stopped that. And now we're like 30, almost 40 years out from that. In some cases, 40 years out from that. And it's still the same kind of tone and, and all that. And, and it makes it difficult to give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's very um, celebrated when a, a unique concept comes out. Because it's so rare, you know, it yes. does feel, you know, when you've been a comics fan for decades and you're pr primarily reading Marvel and DC, I imagine that either you're someone who loves it, loves it, loves it, you just love what comes to you, or as taste change, as time changes, and as stories repeat and repeat, you're going to get tired of it. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think that an, an industry-wide problem is that, you know, people are always going to get tired of these things, but at the same time, other people will be pissed off about changes. You know, it's, yeah. it's rough. No, it, it, it is tough, but, um, but on the bright side here, we got the Moby Dick in space. I love that story. That looks pretty cool though, huh? Yeah. That's the uh, front and back cover, the whole thing there. That, that was, that was, and Superman's not trying to fuck Supergirl. So there's, you know, yeah. I, I love the Legion of Superheroes so fucking much. I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I was just debating on whether or not I should say it, but it looks like the whale is trying to eat his ass, though. You know? A little bit. But so he, <laughs> there's no spanking, but I did just, you know, I decided to just fucking say it. But okay, sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Um, I like the uh, I like I like how cyborg cyborg no more, and and they've also taken off all, most of his clothes too. So what you do he looks very happy oh yeah he does yeah he's that, that's still a good fairly early point in type but like i don't know like like it, it, crisis kind of really fucked with some some golden gooses they had like titans yeah oh it really did yeah there were some comics that were on a pretty good momentum track that that went off the rails at that point yeah um it's weird d Who'd have thought that DC would have a long legacy of, of fucking themselves out of high selling comics? <laughs> it's it's, it's mind boggling. It, it's like Titans and Legion were rocking it. And then they were like, yeah, what if we tanked our line? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I guess that's a weird way to go. But all right. It's a, it's a DC tradition there. It yeah. is. And it becomes hard to get these titles back to where they were, too, because they keep trying. Oh, yeah. They never have back. come back. It doesn't work, you know? It's like they, yeah, they they, they sacrificed really high sales on Titans and Legion to get better sales on books like Batman and Superman, but not better than the Legion and Titan sales. It... It's so stupid. 
it's and, and yeah, it's it's weird. But but initially, Superman with Byrne did really well, and and it's that's why we got that weird, stupid Ruby Spears Superman cartoon that no one talks about. Yeah, I know who that is. It came out like um, Ruby Spears did a bunch of like weird animations. I think they also did Dink the Dinosaur, which I watched as a kid. But yeah. um, Jesus. But yeah, right. But uh, but Ruby Spears uh, produced a bunch of weird cartoons, including that this like Superman cartoon. And like I, I want to say it was like eighty seven. It had like thirteen episodes. And uh, oh, I, yeah, this rings a bell to me. Yeah, I'm it was just it's just weird shit. And um, but that was all because of the you know, burn Superman. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Now this was Roger Stern on the Avengers here at this point. Yes. 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 Um, and uh, this is Claremont, John Romita Jr. on X-Men. This is a great issue of, of Rogue. You know, she, this was in Rogue was pretty dangerous. This is some good stuff. Yeah. No. Um, there, there used to be some interesting, uh, you know, stuff. That happened in the X Men, but um, no more. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> here's uh, here's Morrison, Batman, and Robin. Did you? This is more recent stuff. Oh, but this was the debut of World War Hulk, which we are getting the. You were talking about events repeating. We're getting World War Hulk two or World War She Hulk in the fall. So. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's back. Uh, I mean, you know, looking at these, this is more the era where I was intensely reading comics um yeah uh yeah yeah i mean cap during the era just stellar stuff there um how much so if this was where you're reading everything you remember civil war coming out uh then certainly in the tie-ins and everything else i think uh there's there are people who complained about civil war the comic but i mean you remember what it was like that that event sold everything out all the crossovers like it was a beast it was huge. Um, my dad was talking about comics, and he doesn't give a fuck, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he 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 was like, I heard they killed Captain America, and he thought it was like some like liberal conspiracy, you know. <laughs> but, oh yeah, uh, yeah. But um, but but yeah, dude, like that era was cool. Um, and Civil War. That's one thing that's interesting to me. Um, people during that era. Always talk about how like how much of an asshole Tony Stark is, mm-hmm. how how wrong he was. But like, I mean, if that book came out now, that would be not um, a Patriot Act analogy, but th- that's like the perfect gun control analogy. And to- yep. and Tony Stark is so fucking obviously right, you know? Yeah, it's it, oh, there you go. I, it's it, that's that's the big debate. I, I've seen people passionately. This was one of my favorite arguments in in the shop was the. The Tony Stark is right, Captain America is right, kind of this bad, like the people who yeah. really dug in on those. But, but those arguments yeah. were wonderful. I mean, yeah, I, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, nobody, uh, nobody left as a white supremacist in that argument. It was all yeah, just, no careers lost, nothing. You know, yeah, we were just having a good time. Yeah, and Marvel milked the shit out of that thing. They they did, and um, to to their credit, and if we ever got the chance to talk to someone like Tom Brevoort, which would be great. Any day. Uh, the one, one thing about Civil War that I think Marvel should get a lot of credit for is the Herculean task to outside of, I really think it was only a couple of comics, everything came out in sync. And we're talking yeah. like 
dozens and dozens, if not well over a hundred comics coming out. Very well planned. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, I, I mean, that's the kind of thing that even like, you know, you got a hiccup at the printer and you don't get um, that kind of timing. So like that, that more than I think almost any event they've ever done is really uh, was, was just handled masterfully. Yeah, it was, it was the perfect event so much so that they've been trying to recreate it three, three times a year. Ever yes. since then, you know? <laughs> yes, and it's like, hey, bro, that worked because it was the thing of the time. You can't just replicate that. And you know what, though, I will say, for a while, I think Bendis did a great job replicating it for a while. Yeah, Secret yep. Invasion. It Secret Invasion did well. It, the end of it, where I'll never understand in Secret Invasion, right, where the entire story. It's happening in the moment. Epic battle. The last issue is a, a recap narration dialogue from Luke yes. Cage. Here's how we won. It's like, <laughs> you didn't really won yet, you know? I hate that. Bendis does that a lot where he'll he'll, he'll get this, some momentum going in his story and then it's like, and now we're going to switch to a reality TV show confessionals type retelling. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, but, just, um, just keep going from what you were doing, you know. But yes. but then what came next with uh, Siege? Siege, I thought was very good. It was much more concise. It was real good. I um, agree. Yeah. But then when Bendis, you know, B Bendis was almost a singular voice for the post Civil War events, and then you know you would see like Matt Fraction came on to Fear itself, Bendis, and then everyone at the same time did Avengers versus X Men. Oh, then yeah. every year, different writers writing the event. It's like, hey, bro, it, it's not the same, you know? Yeah. No, no, they 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 killed it. And so, chat, I yeah. I liked Civil War honestly on two fronts. Uh, as a retailer at the time, fuck, I like that event. That was wonderful. Yeah. Sure, like I, they could just repeat that every year. That would be wonderful, but. Uh, the uh, but I, I thought it was fine. I mean, there was there's things to joke about, like putting Goliath into a giant ass grave for no apparent reason was. Uh... That was so fucking funny, guys. <laughs> like reread that, and you're just like, you got this gigantic corpse, and you're digging this giant grave. It's hilarious. Like <laughs> it really is. You know, like <laughs> I wish. It's one of those things that, like, I guarantee just having an idea of the kind of person that Mark Miller is, that was totally written to be, like, kind of, like, hilarious. Oh, and, I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. That, was, that was intentional, as I say. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like the artist didn't quite get, like, translate the humor. No. Like, which was the problem. But, like, overall, like, you're reading it and you're like, this is fucking funny. Yeah. This is... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. The, the invincible sales. I I think the invincible sales will continue when they restock. They will they will regain some momentum. But I also think Invincible's got like Walking Dead. It's kind of a sucker bet a little bit when they do season two, season three. It's the sales are going to spike for each season when they put them out, and I think they'll spike higher, which is what you saw for the trades for Walking Dead. You saw the new season would come out, and we'd just see this this thing. I mean, Invincible's going to sell a shit ton of comics at this point for a while. I don't know. What do you guys, did you watch Invincible by any chance, Pat? I'll be a hundred percent real. I watched the scene where he fucks everything up with his face, you know? <laughs> Perfect. That's yeah. great. <laughs> because dude, I, right. I, I, I kept seeing these memes 
on TikTok, right? Where like you, you would have a clip of like a son or a daughter acting out, like maybe like fl flipping their plate. And then it cuts to a scene of the father from Invincible about to fuck him up. And I'm like, what is this? What does he do? You know, so <laughs> I, I did look it up. But beyond that, no, I mean, I'm sure it's good. It isn't something that I, I would personally want to watch. Sure. Yeah, it's totally yeah, fair. Yeah. I I get that, and then uh, that that's a, a good DC Comics presents. That was uh, you know you got Alan Moore, you got Superman, Swamp Thing. Uh, yeah, that's an Alan Moore issue. You know, it's um, you know, it's good. It's probably one of my lesser favorite things he's done at DC. Like it's good, but like when you're comparing it to like whatever happened to the man tomorrow or for the man who has everything or the swamp thing run as a whole. I mean, you know, it's good. I like it, but you know. yeah, oh, I, I couldn't agree more that, um, that is one that, you know, they, they put out that, um, DC Alan Moore collection yeah, like yeah. 10 years ago. And that's where I read it, you know? And, um, yeah. I remember when it came up, I was like, Oh cool. Swamp thing. Cause that's what I first read from Alan Moore, you know? Yeah. And um, and then by the end I was like, oh, all right, you know, it was fine, it was fine, yeah. you know. But it's nothing like, you know, he he was just so good that even when he didn't blow minds, it's like pretty much considered a classic, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, compared to his other like more iconic work, definitely a hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. This was Justice League Detroit, I think, during this time frame. Yeah, that's a that's a weird time where uh, people uh, people have strong opinions on that. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that was Jerry Conway wrote most of that, didn't he? Or is it, was it Conway and Dematis? I'm, I'm trying to think. It's, uh, this is all off the top of my head. I'm trying to... Well, come on, Joe. This is what happened <laughs> But yeah, but, um, but yeah I, I've been drinking a lot of bourbon and I'm not looking this up and I think it was a lot of Conway and, and maybe some Dematis, but yeah. I like this. So in this batch, we've got Mike Zek, and this is one of the. This is a classic uh, Wolverine cap cover. Yeah, I I I love that, and I read that annual not super long ago. It's good stuff. Yes, we've also got John Byrne there on GI Joe. Dude, I don't know why, but I, I don't. I fucking hate this cover. I, I don't even know why. I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, it pisses me off, dude. Like just the. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, which I, one? Just it's so red. It's so oh the GI Joe, oh, the GI Joe. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, GI Joe, GI Joe, yeah, yeah. It, it is too red. Yeah, I'll, I'll give. I you don't that. understand why they did that in the background. It's a pretty cool illustration, but that that pink and red gradient there in the back is a really weird choice, particularly with the like the the guns shooting off from the front. Like I, I yeah. don't know why they decided to go that way. Yeah, dude, and the blue super soaker. You know, it's like yeah, it's weird. Cool. You know, it's weird. But I mean. John Byrne is a legend, you know, and he's apparently very mean. So, so good work, John. Yeah. Which yeah. is weird because uh, he's Canadian. Well, I mean, by Twitter standards, I think he's a really calm and rational guy. Um, oh, yeah. No, but by that. But I mean, like, there, there's also different kinds of Canadians. I feel like uh, people act like all Canadians are nice, like French Canadians don't exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I wish that Amy was awake. Her family is French Canadian. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> wow, that's so fucking funny, dude. 
I do like the uh, the Conan cover where it's the angle is from the inside of the mouth, and Conan is got they've they've done a fun expression on his face where he's like shit, I don't want to go in there. But yeah, his girl is mad casual. Yeah, she's like oh, oh yeah, going around. Yeah, she's like take care of this please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now Conan's got that like Monday face, like oh <laughs> yeah. Here we go again. The start yeah. of the week. Always something trying to eat me. Oh, you know what? I thought that his blade that he had ripped one of the fish's teeth out and he was going to use it as a weapon, but he just has a blade underwater. Well, he never leaves without his blade. I mean, that Conan always got a knife somewhere. It's true. true. Yeah. Someone said French cannon. It's kind of the worst. (laughs) (laughs) All these comments are just hating on on Quebec. (laughs) Quebec, you know? Quebecois. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. No love for no love here at all. You know what I will say? Um of every, you know, of every country that I ship comics to, Canada is by far my favorite. When I'm doing a Kickstarter and I see like a hundred packages to ship international, I'm like, motherfuck. But then when I when I see Canada, I'm like, thank you, God. Because you know, they are so much cheaper to ship to. So I, I do, you know, I hold Canadians in higher regard than, that, than the rest of the world, for sure. Yeah. So so according to your standards, then, Australians are just the worst people on Earth. Oh, when they back, I'm just so fucking pissed. I'm like, leave me alone. Here, you know? <laughs> like, leave me alone. True talk. Oh, and now the Britain, you know, um, people who live in England, they had the balls to do this Brexit shit. So now we have to, like, do this weird number we, we have to have a number like we have to register and shit to send things it's like get it together brexit they're always making things more complicated every fucking time yeah i'm about to go fuck some of their tea up you know yeah oh, fuck. yeah second tea party there you go uh have at it <laughs> i like uh this these are older this is fun again these are comics for you kind of knew what you were going to get like you're going to see a monkey fucking up a guy yeah, well, these covers are good. Um, but yeah, you, you got that Thor. Uh, I, I feel like I should just have a running gag of like, is that a Jerry Conway Thor? Or like, yeah. but uh, it might be. I don't remember that particular. Issue I don't of Thor. think that is Conway, but you know, he wrote a bunch of Thor. But like, let me. You're the you're the you're the bra- you're the you're the the brains of this time period. I'm I'm, uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm look it up just Conway. for my own knowledge. Okay. Now, where it, it was a Roy, it was a Roy Thomas. It's still early enough to be a Roy Thomas. And Anna Anna Salbushema, and but yeah. that is a, a Gil Kane cover on uh, Kung Fu, Master of Kung Fu. <laughs> well, on um on uh, Thor, that's a Gil Kane Thor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that was, that was joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but no, it's good. This is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, this Planet of the Apes cover, that's a cover that could again be made today, you know? Um, it could. Yeah, the the, the Monsters Unleashed would not work today, but Planet of the Apes could. No, I mean, the werewolf is just out of pocket. The abs? <laughs> it's like this dude spends so much time working on his body, you know? Yeah. Are you well, an yeah. Instagram influencer or are you a werewolf, dude, you know? Bro culture. That's exactly yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You wouldn't have to do that much to change the Master of Kung Fu cover to have it look like a 
a modern color. That's that's more, I think, the the coloring and a little bit on the art. You're kind of borrowing. Yeah, you're right. You're kind of borrowing the GI Joe color the gradient background, though. The but, um, it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's just the lazy background colors, yeah. like the coloring on the Thor cover looks much, much better. Even though it it's a bit worn out, you know. Yeah. As far as it's just a bit muted. The colors on Master of Kung Fu are brighter, but they're much, much simpler and just they clash very, very hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, for for sure. But, but yeah. Ooh. Civil War Two. See, we're talking about it. Issue one. Civil War Two. That was right before Iron Man and Carol Danvers had that thumb war. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's a shame because when you look at this cover and you see them kind of getting ready to lock up and you see the arms crossing, I'm remembering the dynamite cover and thinking they should fight with their butts. They should just fight with the butts. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, they should have just went cheek to cheek. Um, it would have made a more interesting comic. Yeah, this is the yeah. title that um, that largely sanked, uh, tanked a bunch of Marvel sales across a bunch of their books. Like statistically, yeah. you can now look at it, and this this was the sales killer. This is the opposite of Civil War. Yeah, because they didn't really have that much of a reason to be at odds. That there was much more of a specific story reason than a reason that we could really debate about. It it, it was more about a specific incident incident in the book than it was about a philosophical idea or a political idea. Yeah. No, exactly. The whole, I mean, you know, and, and she had this inhuman that could see the future. You think that inhuman could have told her that the sales were going to tank. <laughs> yeah, You know, I mean, win the lottery with that shit. Come on. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you and know, was but, the, uh, uh, this was the bat penis comic, wasn't it? That is that issue one? Yes, because yeah, yeah. Then that that's the one with the, uh, you know, the the bat wang where uh, you know, you know, the Batman, the little Batman left the manor, if you will. Yeah. Uh, there. Yeah, and, but and it was but, pretty little too. It was not. It was not impressive. Here, I mean, oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's be real though. It was soft, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's in fairness. You're right. He's he's in yeah. a dark, gloomy, damp cave. Yeah. I mean, come on. What do you expect? Yeah. Yeah. I but mean, uh, yeah. And, and I'm just glad that they finally confirmed that Batman's Jewish. That's, <laughs> that's, that's true. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it's like this. Like, if we're talking about his soft penis, you know, sometimes my shit <laughs> disappears. You know, sometimes I'm just hanging out and my shit is gone. Okay. So, so I, I sympathize with him in that situation, you know. Oh, um, it's it's tough to be on all the time, and and yeah. I mean, you just you, you're coming back from a day of beating people up in the in Gotham, and you're tired, and that leather costume's probably a little sweaty and smelly, and it's there's yeah. bats flying around, and you got an old butler with a plate of cheese waiting Dude. for you. I mean, what do you expect's going to happen? Exactly. That that's that's hundred yeah. percent right. I mean, speaking of someone who probably has similar problems, Darth Vader. Oh yeah, he <laughs> imagine, dude. Yeah, he um he is definitely not packing in any way, you know. Yeah, um, well, <laughs> he's, he's leaning forward though. That's why that saber is just so prominent. He's overcompensating. That's that's true. Yeah, he waves it around. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, absolutely. But that's um, what was it? This this is the first. Uh, have they relaunched Darth Vader already? Like I know Gillen was on it. They have. It it has relaunched. Yes. Sure. This is number one. This is number ones across the board. I mean, this is number one. Black Cat. She's doing jazz hands while 
posing between some jewelry. You know, I, I feel like all these covers here are not that not bad. All of them have a, have a strength to them. Like even the even the Civil War, you know, the the pose of the central characters is corny, but in the background, the the kind of like ascension vibe where he's going up the beam. I can't really see who it is. Um, yeah. But that's kind of sick, you know. And the, the yeah, you know, all these are in their own way sick. I hate that her uh, costume has hair on the calves, but that's a costume criticism, you know. Yeah, I I don't understand why uh, Sam's about to punch himself in the face there, but he is he, yeah. just, he looks oh, like he's right. gonna clock himself in the face. Well, he's angry because uh, he's he's Captain America. So he's trying to represent half of America by punching himself. It's and Spider-Man looks like he's making a a, a lewd uh, gesture with his with his hand there. That um, if only his tongue could come out would be. <laughs> he does, doesn't he, dude? It, it, it looked like ooh, that's that's a rough one. Yeah, he he's yeah he's he's making some suggestions. So yeah. he sure is. The black cat uh, sneaking around. Somebody put this, uh, and this is this is always what I think of when I see. Uh, this this costume is like crawling around on the rooftops and everything else. That costume's gonna be filthy. Oh, for oh, yeah. sure. There's like leaves in in the fur, all crunched up. You know, it's you know ticks. Yeah. Not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but That's, yeah, I, I don't know. I I, I really like that. Um, I think all crusty. Yeah. I, I like that whole like Michelini era of like Black Cat when she was like hooking up with Flash Thompson to piss off Peter and that stuff. Like that was great. Yeah, and she then was, they just wasn't know. that era. She was just kind of trying to fuck her way through all of Peter's friends. Yeah, but like yeah. that was cool. And then she's just like still around. Yeah, it's like okay, like like I don't know that many people who are like, dude, I am all in on Black Cat. Yeah. Well, maybe like, now. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe now they. Maybe now that's that's what's going on. Um. Yeah, lots of Marvel fanfare, Marvel Age, Marvel Saga. This must have been the week when Marvel is just putting out things with itself in the name. Wow, and there's uh, North Star surrounded by uh, people he's not interested in. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that's probably true. You know, that's... Um, and this was uh, this Marvel Age is giving us a preview of Epic's uh, Steel Grip Starkey, which which Marvel I, I remember was sending out promo cards and things to tour. They really were trying to get Steel Grip Starkey to to go and. It it did not. I mean the name, dude. You know. Yeah, Steel Grip Starkey. Roll I, I, I love that they they slap Wolverine on there too. Like, come on, we got to get the kids to buy it. Put put a Wolverine on there. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's move. Well, on. I mean, because you like some of the stuff on here, but we're leading with Steel Grip Sparky, uh, Starkey, uh, Stan Soapbox, a look at eighty six annuals, uh, Fred Hembeck. and the, you know, and more, more, more. And some somebody, some editor was looking at this like, "Fuck, we got to put Wolverine on this." Yeah, my my favorite is still that ecstatics issue he's in, where um, that first page, or or, or it might have been on the cover, where he just goes like, "I'm just here to boost sales." Yeah, exactly. That, that was one of my my favorite bits. I I love that run so much. That is such a fun run with Peter Milligan and um, you know uh, the Allreds. Great yep. stuff. Yep. Hey. I might expose a lack of knowledge here. Um, who is the figure skater on the cover of Marble Fanfare here? Ah, oh, that's Northstar. 
Okay, 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 okay. The costume is horrendous, you know? It, it's horrendous, but, like, I also don't fault you because North Star usually doesn't look like the face doesn't always look like that. He It he looks, looks a little there, too... Yeah. He looks like Namor, kind of. Dude, I was just thinking that he he looks like Namor, and he's wearing like what you would wear under the Power Rangers costume, you know? Yeah, no, uh, North North Star um, for for being one of the first uh, out gay superheroes at Marvel has hideous fashion sense. Yeah. Well, he, he is he was a yeah. lot like Namor though, except instead of trying to fuck Sue, he he wanted Johnny. Yeah, I, who doesn't want Johnny? <laughs> Well, everybody wants Johnny. Yeah, I, I mean, come on, like almost all. On. That's right. Most of the original, maybe all. I don't. There was all some kind of Canadian flag theme going on in, in some level, somewhere, somewhere in the costume. I think. I think that was what the intention was. But as artists came in and tried to do more, it seemed to, it seemed to get, it seemed to get weird at, at some point. Yeah. Anyway, there, there you go. I don't know. It's we're 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 heading toward the end here anyway. So, <laughs> you know, like like for the stream or like you know life, both. Yeah, you know, like we're yeah. we're we're trucking along closer to the end, folks. Dude, you've been existential tonight, man. <laughs> yeah, that's the third reference to everything ending. <laughs> well, you kind of get at that. I mean, after this week of comics, you kind of get there. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, I think about it. I think about it all the time. You know. Oh I, yeah. Yeah, it's. It's constant for me, man. Constant. Well, death will come for us all. Yeah, I no, remember. Um, I saw this video. Um, it was on a site that I shouldn't frequent that I do. Uh, called World Star Hip Hop, right? And, oh. and, uh, <laughs> and I was and, expecting uh, you to say something different, but okay. You know, okay. usually there's like you know fights, which I enjoy watching. There's um, you know, some twerking action, which I would never click on. Okay, but what sure. I clicked on was this video that says um. Neil deGrasse Tyson gives the perfect answer to what happens to us after death. And this fucking dork, right, um, in the video <laughs> talks about how, how, how beautiful it is that we will live after death because we return to nature. Hey, man, everyone fucking knows that. Basic answer. But what happens to me? Okay? I'm scared. I'm scared, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I am no terrified. It's, uh, it's, I'm not looking forward to it. And, uh, no, but, uh, but yeah, you'll probably be okay. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I say, let's, let's, let's. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, I, I talked to, uh, what was it? I, I have some older relatives. I'll, I'll give them a call. My, my, my great aunt Rosalie out in, uh, you know, Seattle, who I'm hoping to see if I can make it out to Emerald city, which I, I'm planning on doing, uh, in part so, so I could see her. She's 95 years old. But when I when I talk to her on the phone, you know, it's 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 a lot of that kind of stuff where, you know, I'm just like, oh, I'm coming out soon. I'll go see. And she she'll just be like, well, if I'm still here, uh, sure. I, dude, I love when old people do that. <laughs> my my, my aunt Bella used to do that. My dad would call her and he, he he'd say, OK, see you soon. And she'd say, maybe, you know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. But, but yeah, that that's how she is, and I get it. She's ninety-five. I, I'm yeah. hoping she at least makes it to the next time I come out there. But, but I yeah. do want you do want you to come out for Emerald City Comic Con. We got to get uh, Pat. You should come out to Seattle's Comic Con this year. 
When is that? December. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I may. You know, it's one of those. It's one of the two major ones that and C two E two are the yeah. major ones that I've never been to. Um, but I would consider it. It's just a matter of you know the flight out there, and it's just so much easier for artists to go and sell commissions. Me, yeah, yeah. around the books, you know. But I, I do one day want to go for sure. It'll be fun. We're going to. So I think Joe and I have the the plan here. So we're, we'll do. The Friday show, we'll do the live stream, but uh, we'll rent the. We, I, I, it's open. I can get a private room at Ogaucho. We'll we'll bring some people in. Get get Sean. I think he's coming out. Fly up Jeff and Joe. You come out. Pat, you come out. We'll yeah. we'll do a live show. It'll be great. We'll all be we'll be drunk in live time. I'll it'll be filming. It'll be wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that'd, cool. be, that'd be great. We'll, we'll have some special guests. It'll be wonderful. Yeah, I think we'll we look should. at all the dynamite butt covers. Yes, it'll just be. It'll just we'll drink our way through that 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 restaurant. So yeah, it'll be good, be and then uh, you know maybe oh, wow. maybe we could uh, we could uh, call in uh, Nick from from Dynamite and he yes. could narrate for us. Oh, that would be great. See, this is exactly what we'll do. Well, we'll yeah, have some fun. yeah, and I'll you know, camera on. Everybody will see what I look like, which is no big treat. But anyway, um, hey, here's Colossus fighting Nimrod, which was way more exciting back then than whatever is happening now. I'll check it out. Yeah. And we have Hulk over here just straight up. We got a guy in him, you know? Yeah. He's, he's merging there with vision. Yeah. He's, he's inside of him. Um, just which great. And, and Luke Cage is, is not in a good stable footing position. No, that's, oh, uh, that's our, that's, you don't want to put yourself in that position. No, no, no. Th those kind of things remind me of those videos where someone's recording themselves like building jumping. It gives me fucking anxiety, dude. Oh my god, yeah. Is that um, is that issue of Avengers? Are we in under siege around then? Uh, is that like right before under siege? I think this was before. Um, as I recall, they were kind of testing them out a little bit because Paladin's in there. That's got to be like right before Under yeah, Siege. Yeah, because Paladin didn't, wasn't around for Under Siege. Yeah. Uh, but this was the new Yellow Jacket. This was uh, Screaming Mimi before, you know, they rebranded her. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, that costume. I mean, what's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, no. And then um, and that X-Men cover is a Colossus fighting that guy that we just want some fucking payoff from, from Hickman's X-Men. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we went through a bunch of covers. We'll leave you with one more creepy thing. Here's Superman <laughs> putting uh, Robin to bed. Uh, so that's that's good. Now it's it, 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 he's just helping him out, but it's this line. Now that I've bathed you, son, you're going to be all right. And it looks like Robin's shorts have been taken off and are just on top of his dick instead of actually covering it. You know, that's exactly yeah. what's happened. I mean, even Superman's uh, logo, his shield, like the, the like even the logo wants to get the fuck off there. It's a, it's a skew. Oh, yeah. yeah, he he's been. Yeah, he's been doing something. The shield oh, yeah. knows what he's done. He he wants out of there. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, my god, dude! That uh, as we're up here, so it was great that you came on and, and hung out with us tonight. Yeah, I, it was fun. It was fun. I've been wanting to do it for a while. I love the first appearance. And, and again, you know, I was pleased that the comments, um, you know, were pretty nice. Sometimes, yeah. nice. sometimes YouTube can get rough, especially when, you know, I feel like 
I can be a pretty opinionated guy sometimes. Sure. And, you know, people love to just start arguments. You know, there was one person, I forgot who it was, but there was one person who thought I started this whole campaign of harassment against the guy, the, the astronaut who wore the, the motorcycle shirt, when I really was like, feeling bad that I made one negative comment about this dude like five years ago and deleted it the next day. And I was like, no, I didn't start a whole fucking harassment campaign. I, I had a dumb take. That's it. You know, yeah. um, against a, uh, the astronaut with a motorcycle jacket who it was. Um, I mean, just, yeah, it was this guy who, uh, it was this it was first time that there were, was a female astronaut doing something, some sciencey shit, right? Yeah. I, I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> um, so this guy was the other astronaut, and he wore this shirt that was pretty much like a Xenoscope cover, and, and it was like airbrushed to have an image of like a hot woman. And like I thought, like I was in this place where I didn't think anyone gave a fuck what I had to say, you know. So I, yeah. I had some tweet like, "Oh, that's pretty dumb to do," you know, thinking like. I wouldn't have worn that shirt, you know, because you're about you're you're about to get harassed. But then I, I didn't want to be part of him getting roasted, so I fucking deleted it. And then yeah. the next day, th this dude's like on TV crying, saying it's like his his wife's favorite shirt. And at that point, my take becomes leave this fucking dude alone, you know. <laughs> he, he didn't mean anything. By it. That that is a bizarre story. He didn't mean anything by it, dude. You know. Yeah. Um, well, so we, yeah, no, that th th that dude, I'm I'm fully on his side. Rock your shirt, I'll support you wherever you want, dude. How wait, how long ago was this? Oh, it was years and years and years ago. Oh, okay. So we like I was saying, we we've evolved way past the way past this now. Oh I mean, no, yeah. But th these were comments in your last video that I was on because I because I was talking about it and someone just misunderstood what, what I was saying. Um, oh my god. Yeah. yeah. It just drastically misunderstood. Like I've never launched a harassment campaign against anyone. I, Jesus, I, I mean, come on, guys. Get with it. There's, there's more current things to talk about. The, the writer Spider-Man's apparently a Nazi today. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow, but today, today he is still so a Nazi. Still a Nazi. Oh, still. Okay. Yeah. Tomorrow yeah. will be something else. It's, it's, uh, it's great. I will say this um, about that situation. It's so. It sucks how comics creators feel that they can't stand up for one another. You know, like the truth is in the comedy scene, if, if a comic goes after another comic, that comic is fucking blacklisted where in the comic book scene, it, it's fucking celebrated dude. And it's yep. like, I remember I did an interview with a friend. I was trying to do this show and it was going to be this YouTube show. And I put a lot of production efforts into it, but I realized that, you know, um, some of the topics that came up were things that we couldn't talk about because there was this fear that we were going to be like fucking railroaded. And I was like, nah, I'm not interested in doing this kind of shit. I don't want to, you know, if I'm being told to not say this, to, to not say Nick Spencer is obviously fucking not a Nazi. Everyone knows that. To, if I say that and I'm in trouble, fuck it. You know, I don't want to do it because yeah. I don't want to play part of this play that we're putting on that we have to just back up every ridiculous claim. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I don't and yeah. I don't, I don't feel the need to have to like, you know, talk about these things that they are non-issues. Obviously he's not. Obviously he's fucking not. 
you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I, it's, it's, it's stupid, but, uh, but anyway, there you go. Um, Pat, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Joe, thank you for joining as well. Uh, I guess we'll see you in the morning is what's going to happen. Yeah, that's no, great. All right. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for coming. Uh, if you want to hit like, it does something, I guess. I'm supposed to say that, but I always feel like a douche whenever I say that. It's uh, just hit, hit, hit like for reasons. But thank you, everybody, for coming. And, Pat, we'll, let's do this again real soon. I'm, yes. I'm with you, Manly. Yeah, let's do it.